The Lifestylist, episode 157, featuring Brian Hoyer. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you've probably figured out that I'm a pretty hardcore researcher when it comes to finding healthy products, right? Well, one of the things I've been searching for for a while is the number one best organic bedding that you can find. There's a lot of cheap, crappy stuff out there. And so I was really excited when I found this company, Altera Pure, and I got them on the phone when I thought about running their ads. And I do this with everyone, by the way, that I run ads for. I got them on the phone and I really grilled them about their whole process the company philosophy, where the cotton comes from, where it's made, how it's made, who's making it, the freaking water that goes in the soil. You guys know I'm hardcore. And Altera Pure passed my test, my scrutinizing test with flying colors. These guys make not only really well-made and safe bedding, but it is actually really soft and comfortable. I don't know, they cracked the code on making soft organic sheets, which are actually quite rare. A lot of the organic stuff is like freaking sandpaper. So these are just beautifully constructed sheets that are really good for you. They're organic, no pesticides, they're non-GMO, they're very environmentally and socially sustainable. And they also are just um, very transparent. You can find out anything you want to know. You can call them. I don't know if you'll talk to the CEO, but you'll talk to someone. They'll answer any question you have and they will prove to you beyond the shadow of a doubt that they are in fact making the healthiest bedding in the world. So if you want to check it out, go over to alterapure.com. That's alterapure.com. Enter the code LIFESTYLIST at checkout and save 15%. Pretty cool, right? I always try to get you guys a discount. It works out well for everyone. I win, the company wins, and you win. So go to, once again, alterapure.com. Enter the code LIFESTYLIST and you will save yourself 15% off your order. This episode is brought to you by my friends over at Organifi. I discovered this product a few months ago and it has changed the game for me. Everybody knows that green juice is good for you, right? Here's the deal though. A couple disadvantages to your average cold-pressed green juice. A, a lot of times it comes in plastic, not good. B, it's usually loaded with sugar up to 25 grams, which is basically like drinking a green Coca-Cola. Not happening. Next is they go bad. You can't leave it sitting out and they're really bad for travel. So I love my green juice. That's cool. Cold press. I get the sugar-free ones. I'm into it. But Organifi makes a green powdered superfood that comes in these little packets that are portable and you can take with you. So I keep them in my car and in my bag and on demand. Anytime I have a bottle of water, I can pour one of these in there and have an instant green juice. Alkalizing, energizing, gives you mental clarity. It's fantastic. It's loaded with 11 superfoods. A lot of the green powders not only taste gross and are overpriced, but they'll have like 200 ingredients. And I'm always thinking, how much of each ingredient is actually in there, okay? These 11 superfoods are the important ones that you need, like turmeric, chlorella, wheatgrass, spirulina, mint, moringa, ashwagandha, lemon, beets, matcha green tea, and coconut water. And it's sweetened with monk fruit, so it's got a zero glycemic index. It's fantastic stuff. 
So if you want to check this drink out, work on your health in a way that actually tastes good and is super convenient, here's what you do. Go to Organifi.com. That's with an I, Organifi. Enter the code LIFESTYLIST and save 20% off your order. You guys know I always give you a hookup if I'm going to tell you about something cool that I discovered. So again, go to Organifi.com, enter the code LIFESTYLIST at checkout and save 20%. It's really good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines, put on your seatbelts. We are about to blast into the stratosphere with today's guest, Brian Hoyer. And we're going to be talking about all things EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies. They're in your phone, they're in your TV, they're in your microwave, they're in the walls, they're in your car, they're in the airplanes, they're in your computer, they're in your headphones, they're everywhere and they're coming to get you. However, this episode doesn't just bring the bad news. Of course, we're going to offer some powerful solutions. But this is an area of deep interest and study for myself. And I think by the end of this interview, you will agree when I say this EMF issue that we're experiencing on the planet today might even supersede diet and exercise when it comes to your health. So this is not one you want to miss. This is a hardcore truth bomb, you guys. And our guest, Brian Hoyer, does not disappoint. Before we jump into the details of that, I'd like to invite you to next week's episode, Mushroom Magic, Nature's Best Medicine for Your Brain and Beyond with Jeff Chilton. We're going to be talking about microdosing, psilocybin. We're going to be talking about the early days of psychedelics and Chinese medicine as they relate to mushrooms. I'm a huge fan of all types of mushrooms for all sorts of exploration and health support. And I think like this week's episode is the Bible of EMFs. Next week's episode is literally the Bible of Mushrooms. So make sure that you subscribe to the show so that you don't miss it. All right, check it out. I've got a ton of speaking gigs coming up. I'm going to try to rattle through them so we can get right into this episode. I've got Next Health next Wednesday, August 22nd. Then the following night, August 23rd, I'll be at Osteo Strong in West LA. Then I'll be at Mercado Sagrado, uh, October 13th and 14th in Malibu Canyon. I'll be at Whitma Live, New York City, October 25th. And then a very special workshop at the Rama Institute in New York City for my birthday. Well, a couple of days before my birthday. It's on October 27th. You'll be hearing a lot more about that one and the rest of them too. But uh, next week, listen, come to Next Health on the 22nd, Osteo Strong. If you're in LA, come hang out, come chill. If you want to get tickets to any of the events I appear at, you can always go to lukestory.com forward slash events. That's lukestory.com forward slash events. All right, on to today's episode. Who's our guest? Who is this dude? I met Brian at Paleo FX, which is where we recorded this. That's a, a big sort of health, you know, paleo conference in Austin, Texas. Super lit. Uh, we, you know, sat down and started testing out some of his technology. And he's checking my phone. We're checking all these, you know, environmental uh, issues that were present in 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 the space there in the conference center. And like, it was just nuts, dude. I'm going. The, the EMFs are so scary because they're invisible. That's the problem. You know, you can't see them. So you sound like a tinfoil hat person, but it's not, it's real. He has like $10,000 with the meters and he's, he's out there checking everything in this damn conference. And I'm like, dude, we got to do an interview. So that's what we did. Brian Hoyer is an EMF expert and specialist. He's also the founder of Shielded Healing. He's a certified nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified geobiologist trained by GeoVital Academy a 35-year running naturopathic clinic in Austria that specializes in radiation protection and environmental medicine. These guys are the Mac daddy of all things EMF and he's been trained by them. So if you want to learn about this topic, you've come to the right place. 
here's what we talk about as we sat down at Paleo FX in an EMF lit up room with a bunch of EMF emitting lights and recording equipment. What the heck are EMFs and why should we care? All the things in your daily life that bombard your body with electric fields, how we can measure the microvoltage on our bodies. You've got the paleo diet down. Now it's time to create the paleo space. Yes, we want to take our living environment back into the stone ages because that was the healthiest time to be alive. The effect of your and your neighbor's microwave oven's magnetic field. Brian's unique EMF testing technology, the surprisingly simple solutions we can use to reduce the number of fields attacking us in our homes and offices, how tech like Bluetooth headsets can cause a permeable blood-brain barrier. Not good, kitties. That's why I don't F with Bluetooth stuff on my head. Why shielding your home can fix problems like leaky gut. What you can do to minimize the harmful effects of your cell phone while still receiving notifications. How to shield yourself from the top four worst EMFs while you sleep and the single most powerful thing you can do to protect yourself. How we as a society could be creating healthier technology. The benefits of turning your bed into a Faraday cage. You better believe it. That's my next project after doing this interview 100%. Avoiding the geopathic stress caused disruptions in the Earth's electromagnetic field under your home the dangers of smart meters, and they are not smart, let me tell you. And then finally, we get to the bottom of this age-old question. Is this grounding technology stuff that people use hurting you or helping you? You're going to be very surprised when you hear the answers. So I'm really excited to bring this episode to you. And uh, as I said, you know, no need for alarm, but definitely a need for concern. But Brian gives us tons of viable solutions. There is a solution to this problem. Uh, you can have your technology, you can use it and get the benefits of it while not destroying your health, but it's going to take some education and a little bit of work. So without further delay or further ado, my friends, I bring to you our guest, Brian Hoyer. All right, you guys, here we are with Brian Hoyer. I'm over here at Paleo FX doing another field recording, as I call it. And uh, we were just downstairs talking about all things EMF. Brian is an EMF specialist. And as we're having that conversation, I just said, dude, we should be recording this right now. So we stepped upstairs and we're kind of squatting in, uh, in the media area of Paleo FX here. And, um, you know, one can only hope that we don't get kicked out because I don't have official authorization here, but it's a great conference. Shout out to them. <laughs> Since I'm, I, I'm using some of their free space, but welcome to the show, Brian. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, dude. So we're talking downstairs and you're blowing my mind with information that's really good to know, but also in a sense, uh, kind of scary. And EMFs in general, now we're going to you know, define that, of course, but it's something that people ask about a lot um, when I get feedback about the podcast. And I've touched on it on a few episodes. As you know, I've had Jack Cruz right. on a couple of times. He talks about it. And I did one dedicated episode with uh, Emil DeToffel from lessemf.com, which was right. great. But I think that things have even progressed a little bit since then. There's more public awareness. So I want to yeah. just do a deep dive with you right now. So let's start out with... You know, I'm just going to go ground zero for people that don't even know what the hell this is. What are EMFs? Yeah, so EMFs, the, the way that most people understand it, you know, there's a full spectrum. And so there's more natural EMFs, things that are in the environment that have been here since the beginning of time, you know, since the beginning of the earth. But what we're talking about today when we talk about EMFs is man-made electromagnetic frequencies. So things that were not around uh, 300, 400 years ago, and never have been in the history of humankind. 
And what are those actually doing to the human body? So we're talking about things like low frequency, electric fields, magnetic fields, and then also they are kind of categorized in the category of higher frequency, uh, radio frequency, wireless transmission. So any, anything that has information traveling through the air has wireless transmission, and that's considered radio frequency or mi- even microwaves within the same category. What does the acronym EMF stand for? It's electromagnetic frequencies. Okay, there yeah. we go. Good. <laughs> we got that part. <laughs> All right, so, so right now... Just let's give a real-time report. So we're sitting in, you know, sort of a, a small side room or conference room here at this this big conference center. So as we're sitting here, what are we being hit with that we're unaware of? Because these fields are obviously invisible, right? Unless you have the proper meters, which we'll talk about. What are we being hit with here biologically that's deleterious to our health and well-being as we sit here right now? Well, if if there's no wiring issues in the building that we're in, then we're still hit with electric field exposure, which from is from the wires from, inside the wall behind us. Yes. Like right now, you know, those of you listening, you're just going to have to use your, your imagination, but there's a bunch of outlets like on all the walls as we sit on this couch here. So if there's outlets to our right, right there, that would imply that there's wires right on the other side of this drywall that's painted that we can't see. So we're getting hit with those electrical fields then. Yes, exactly. And not only the walls, but also there's wiring in the ceiling. And then wiring that often goes through the floor. You know, we're up on a second story right now. So there's probably lights underneath us and there's wiring on the floor going right underneath us. So we're surrounding ourselves with this electricity and never before in human history have we ever had that. Right. So our bodies, our biology has not evolved to withstand that stimuli essentially. Right. And if you kind of think about the way, you know, some practical examples of the way that the human body responds to voltage... You know, you have one of those uh, electrodes that you put on the muscles and it involuntarily contracts your muscles. When we restart a heart, what do we use? We use this defibrillator that sends voltage through the heart and the heart is a muscle. And so that contracts the heart and can restart the heart. So it's causing this muscle contraction. And on the cellular level, basically what that's doing is it's causing calcium to come into the cell, magnesium to go out. And so it's depleting us of magnesium stores, it's stimulating a stress response that is raising up our cortisol. And especially with a lot of the EMFs, we're focusing on the sleeping area because there's a direct response to melatonin where if cortisol is up, melatonin is down and there's this antagonistic relationship, you know, and when melatonin is up, cortisol is down. So you know, one of the big things in the biohacker community and the health and wellness ancestral healing community is the blue light. You know, that's kind of been the hot topic the last five, five or so years and how blue light stimulates, uh, you know, basically stops melatonin production and stimulates cortisol response. I talk about this all the time and anyone that follows me on social media always sees me wearing some kind of orange glasses or in a room that's got red light or orange light. I want to back up a little bit though, and I want to I want to just get a, a sense of this room, okay? Yes. And then I'm, and then we'll dig into some of the more of the biology. So right now we've got electric electric. What do you say? Electrical fields? Yeah, electrical okay. fields. Okay, in the floor. Uh, are we getting electrical fields coming at us from the ceiling from those lights up there too? I mean, don't like appliances also produce electrical fields that come yeah. at us? Any appliances that have a plug on them that you plug into the wall are going to have electrical fields that 
potentially can come onto your body. And everything in your house is semiconductive. It has some moisture in it, some different minerals that are composing it, whether it's wood or granite or tile or whatever. It has some conductivity that allows that voltage to pass through it and, and onto your body. And as we sit here now, we're also getting radio frequencies from uh, the Wi-Fi system that's in the building and then also from any cell towers that are within distance. Obviously, we're getting cell service right now. Right. So we're getting hit by varying degrees of that depending on how close we are to the Wi-Fi routers in the building and how close the cell towers are to us uh, in in the nearby area. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Plus, you know, we're in a convention center that has a metal roof and we have hundreds maybe thousands of people. I'm not sure how many are here at Paleo Effects, but we have all these people with devices and those are blasting to the towers, to and from the towers, all this information that's ramping up and the power is bouncing off of the ceiling, reflecting back down on us. And it actually causes a measurable micro voltage on the body. And I have this special meter that can measure your body's micro voltage and exposure to these radio frequencies that are coming in and onto the body. And it's the same type of measurement that the telecommunications industry uses to measure, measure signal strength in their antennas. So since the body is conductive, you can measure the body as an antenna. Just like when you're a kid and you had the old televisions with the bunny rabbit ears and you grab that and you can get better re- TV reception. So TV reception is another type of... Uh, radio frequency. So it's not only the cell phones and the radio stations, it's also the television signals that were that have been being broadcasted for a very long time. And depending on, you know, since your body is conductive, you are actually an antenna and you are absorbing through all of your surface area this microvoltage that's stimulating these calci- these voltage-gated calcium channels and that is actually causing inflammation and oxidative stress in the body by releasing a chemical called perioxynitrate into the blood into the bloodstream and it's just causing inflammation. So when we're with a group of people, say in a conference like this, and you're in the main hall listening to a speaker, you're in a movie theater, a, a concert at a stadium or something like that, all of those cell signals that people are picking up on their phones that are in their pocket are also creating a greater field which is even worse than if we were just in, in this building by ourselves with our cell phone in our pocket. Yes, exactly. And it's magnified. Right. And, and a lot of people think, oh, I just need to, to fix this problem. I just need to move to this rural area where there's no cell phone reception. But then at the same time, they're bringing their technology with them and they're maybe in a dead zone. But when, you're in a, when you go through a dead zone, you're driving through a dead zone, then your cell phone ramps up. And you're getting it's looking for power. It's looking for power. Oh, so crazy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I remember back when I first got a cell phone in the late nineties and, uh, there was areas around Hollywood where I lived that would be dead zones. And even now there's a couple streets that you go down and there's still kind of dead zones. It's weird. Even after all this time uh, on sixth street, there's two different spots randomly by LACMA. There's one. And then there's one further down in what we call Hancock park. And I used to get so pissed when I'd go through those areas. And now, because I've learned a bit about EMS, when I get in a place where my cell phone service goes bad, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> I want to hang out there. You know, I'm like, screw the cell phone, man. I actually just want a little break from the EMS, you know? Right. So, so, in, you know, so in, in a setting like this, where you have a group of people that are all getting those signals, you're being inundated from the inside of the building 
the electrical fields, you're getting um, the, the radio frequencies coming from people's devices. They're, that frequency is trying to get out and reach the signal. Then you have cell towers that are trying to get into the building. And that's scary in and of itself. And then you're saying, even if you move out to the country, you're bringing all of that with you. And so... Yeah, potentially. You know, yeah. Unless you totally you know, excommunicate all the technology from your life. Right, right. But yeah, it's... It's a difficult thing to think about. And, you know, I've, I've found that a lot of people find this overwhelming. And so I wanted to provide a solution for people. And that's really how I started to get into this is, yes, we're surrounded with it. People get very overwhelmed by the whole thing and they think, oh, there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm not going to do anything. But I found out there is something you can do about it. And so I want to share that with the world. And that's why I do what I do. I feel like it's foundational for health. Uh, so many people have their ancestral diet dialed in, but their ancestral environment is not dialed in. We have not cre- recreated the ancestral environment. Right. So this is like, you need to create a paleo space, basically. <laughs> exactly. Right? You could have a paleo diet, what's going on you know, on the inside of your digestive tract, but what's happening in your environment. I think about things like that too. That's why you know, I did a talk here uh, at the event yesterday and I talked about biohacking your air, water, and ground. You totally. Know, just finding ways to reconnect to nature, which is like a paleolithic way of interacting with your environment, even while we're in this modern world. So this is a really good conversation to have. When I fly in and out of LA, you know, you don't really, you, you get in your apartment, you get in your house in the city, you don't really notice all of the stuff. Cause again, it's invisible and that's what's so difficult, I think. And that's why this issue is so complex. But when I fly into LAX and I look at just the sea of buildings and houses and they're so dense, you're so densely populated there. And I just see like, oh my God, imagine how many cell towers are down there and every Wi-Fi and every single apartment unit and every single house. And I just imagine this blanketed field of all of this toxic electricity, basically. And my solution is like, oh my God, I need to move to Alaska and just get out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, But then I also don't want to not have a computer and internet and a cell phone and all of that stuff. So it, it is a complex issue. And um, you know, I think these conversations are really important and to present it in a way. That's why I like talking to you downstairs. I was like, oh, I actually understand what you're talking about, right. where you're able to bridge some of the science and biology there, but also talk about it in a relatable way. So just to back up to kind of the problem, I want to do sort of a problem reaction solution here. Sure. Sort of the why and then the how, if you will just so people listening can kind of follow along. So we've got the radio frequencies, we've got the electrical fields, and then what about magnetic fields coming from my Vitamix blender, the refrigerator, devices right. that have a motor? Is that an issue also? It can be, but those what they found with magnetic fields is it's more an issue with the chronic exposures to magnetic fields. All the minerals in our body have a relationship with a magnetic field. You know, you, you think the iron in our blood and you know iron is ferromagnetic so you take a magnet and it attracts iron and then there's this electromagnetism from the ac uh, magnetic field that's in the alternating current in our electrical system and that's affecting our blood in some way and it, our blood cells are so small and the iron molecule is so small that even a little bit of a magnetic field does have an effect on, on that. And it's an unnatural effect that has never occurred in the history of humankind. So, and then magnesium, all the minerals have a relationship with magnetism. Right. Cause you pick, when you picture minerals in a very simplistic way, minerals are kind of like a rock or a metal. I mean, they're, 
you know, when you think about it, when you look at a rock in the mountains, it's like there's metal in there sometimes, right? And there's yeah. minerals in there. And it's almost like those minerals in our body are rocks and some of them react then to magnetism. Right. Is that a, a way to say it? In yeah. A and, Flintstones kind of science. Yeah. And minerals, <laughs> in a pro-science way. Right. Yeah. And minerals are kind of the... the a lot of them are, are sparking metabolic reactions in your in your cells. And so if there's something that's off in the environment where those aren't able to fire as rapidly or or they're kind of slow because they're not able to move as fast, then it can slow down reactions, slow down metabolic processes. Things don't get to where they're supposed to be in time. And and are, there, are the voltage-gated uh, systems are not working as well. The potassium, calcium, and... Uh, you know, ion channels and some of those things. It's, it's all interconnected. And when you think, yeah, because our bodies, you know, I talked about this again yesterday with water. Our bodies are mostly made of water, right? And if you look at water, when water's distilled, it has all the electrolytes, like electro, right? All the minerals removed. And that water is uh, much less conductive than water that has a lot of minerals in it. And so those minerals have a way of conducting electricity then. Yeah. Right. And the water inside our body is the same way. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So with the mag, let's go back to magnetic fields. Yeah. They, you know, they do all the minerals in our bodies do have a relationship with that. So they've shown different studies that that link it to all kinds of chronic illness. You know, infertility, different types of childhood leukemia. There's hundreds of studies on on that. But you know, as far as the sources in your home from magnetic fields, I'll go around and I'll you know I tested like over 150 homes the last year. And people want me to test all these motors and things like that. One of the biggest issues I've seen is the microwave. Most people are worried about their microwave being on, which is an issue. But a lot of microwaves I've found have a big magnetic field coming out from from them, just the panel, even when it's just plugged in. So, but a lot of times it's right over the stove. Oh my God. So it's and blasting so you right it's in the blasting head. blasting you while you're trying to cook this delicious nutrient dense food. <laughs> oh, and, and you're getting pulled out of that parasympathetic response that you need to digest your food. You know, you're supposed to relax and kind of breathe through your nose and just, you know, kind of do this meditation before you eat, just give thanks, whatever you do, that's your routine to kind of get in that relaxed state so you can digest your food. It's not helping to have that magnetic field while you're cooking. And then, you know, if you're in an apartment building, you know, in, in LA, like you're talking about where everybody's kind of smashed together, everybody's using their microwaves, sending off these radio frequencies during your meal times. And that's pulling you out of that parasympathetic rest and digest response and pulling you back into your fight or flight stress response of your sympathetic so even nervous if system. You've got a brand new microwave and it's supposed to be safe. I mean, I would never use a microwave because I just don't want to kill my food. It's just, it just common sense. Why would you hit your food with radiation? It's just stupid. Sorry if anyone does that, but like, seriously, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that's not the optimal way to heat your food. But you're saying even with the door closed, if I run my microwave, you're still going to pick up a big, uh, a high radio frequency coming out of that thing? No, not a radio frequency. If the microwave's on and running, then yeah. the radio frequency will be sending out. But yeah. If, but your neighbor can be running their microwave in you, like right next to you yeah. on all sides, up, you know, upstairs, yeah. downstairs, to the right or the left of you. So what I'm saying is those frequencies escape with the door shut and everything? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, they do. Because I thought they were like a little Faraday cage and so that radiation is all going off inside but it's contained and blasting into your food but you're saying it actually leaks out? Yeah, it's a really crappy Faraday cage. It wow. dampens the signal but it's not 
completely mitigating it to a healthy level that we like to see. So even if you have like a nice new expensive microwave and and you chose to eat your food that way, which again, I wouldn't recommend. If you're standing in front of the microwave doing stuff, playing on the stove, maybe you're boiling some water for pasta over here and then you have the microwave going, heating up a frozen dinner or something, you're getting blasted by the radio frequencies from the microwave and the magnetic field. And the magnetic field. And when it's on, the magnetic field extends about 15 feet sometimes out. And it's way more intense the closer you get. Oh my God, dude. All right. So listeners, uh, let's just... What I do is I just have my microwave unplugged. I mean, if I bought a house, I I wouldn't even have a microwave. I would just have more cupboard space. But I live in an apartment. So I just reached in the cabinet up above it and just unplugged it. Yeah. You lose the clock. You know, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I can just get a, a double A battery powered clock, and I put that on the wall, and I'm like, all right, now I got a clock in the kitchen, so I'm right. less late. So, okay, that's interesting. So, yeah, often there's there's a breaker that's just marked microwave. You can just flip that off. Oh, cool. You don't even need it on. Cool. You know, okay. so you can do that too. Okay, so I want to still talk about about some of the of some of the issues. Uh, what about? Well, let's go back to the magnetic fields because I've talked oh, yeah, about yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. talked okay. about the local things with the motors and everything. Sure, but, but oftentimes I'll go into people's homes and there's a magnetic field through their whole home, and it's either it's usually you know they have these big power lines, these big transmission power lines that everybody knows just intuitively that they're not good for you. These big power stations or the or the transmissions lines that are going you know bringing electricity through the country to another substation somewhere. And those actually have a magnetic field that extends about, you know, I've measured as as long as 400 yards away. No way. So that you're talking about those little power stations where you see all the, you know, those, uh, yeah, like towers and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's within a bunch of transformers in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, The big yeah. metal boxes. Yeah, and yeah. The big swirly things that look like death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but so from if you those, live next to one of, one of those, you're bombed. Like... Maybe, you know, I always yeah. tell people I have to, you know, to know for sure, I have to actually test it with my Gauss meter. I like that. I like, I like your testing technology that you were showing me downstairs. This, by the way, you guys, we're going to end up doing a video. So I'm sorry for the podcasters because a lot of the stuff you really have to see. So we're going to, I'm going to get a film crew legit, bro. When you come to LA, we're going to make a video. We're going to go around my neighborhood. We're going to go around town. We're going to test the shit out of LA to show people that we're not tinfoil hat people. Right. Because again, it's like, there's a fine line between being paranoid, which I think being paranoid and neurotic is probably more unhealthy than just allowing, just surrendering to all the fields and just being like, hey, it is what it is. I'm living in 2018. Fuck it. It's just, okay, I'm done. Yeah. You know, but there are things you can do to mitigate it, which of course we're going to talk about. But to just, I, I like the idea of doing video because you can kind of prove that you're not paranoid. Have you seen the show uh, Better Call Saul? Yes, I have. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> and they I'm have, a big fan of that show. Have, I like yes. it. I mean, you know, I'm Breaking Bad guy from way back, of course. You know, yeah. and Better Call Saul. Even if the show sucked, I would still watch it just because I'm so invested in the in the um, Breaking the char- Bad story. The characters, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of a prequel type thing. So if you haven't seen, if you've seen Better Call Saul, good for you. But if not, I highly recommend it on Netflix. There's three or so seasons. But one of the characters, I mean, a lot of the storylines is centered around this guy's illness, I'm doing air quotes, um, right. that he's very EMF sensitive. And so he's, you know, he's tearing his walls apart and trying to find where the signal is. And he's, he kills his, you know, he goes out one day with an ax and like hammers his power, you know, the, uh, the meter, his electric meter. And, you know, he's just like a freak. He can't work. He wears these tinfoil suits and all this stuff. And it's funny, but also kind of pissed me off because anyone watching that show now is like, oh, the EMF thing is for crazy people. And you're nuts if that stuff bothers you. 
Right. But it's actually true. And sometimes I think people look at me in that way because I do, you know, my own little versions of mitigation and things like that. Or people try to text me and my phone's always on airplane. Like, dude, I've been texting you. I'm like, I'm not going to walk around with my cell phone on in my pocket. This is not going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's just one tiny thing I can do. So it's nice to know that we're not just paranoid, but psychologically, if someone's not really willing to do some of this mitigation stuff, which takes a bit of rehabituation and also can be very expensive. How do, how do you recommend someone just psychologically can just sort of accept the fact that this is the world we live in or would you not advise trying to accept it and just do everything you can to mitigate? Well, there's priorities, you know, and that's kind of what I find when I, when I do an assessment for somebody. Every single house is different, just like every single person's body is different. You make right. different recommendations for every one of your clients, you know? So I do it on a case by case basis and kind of feel it out. You know, often I'll have a skeptic in the house by the end of the assessment. Is it usually the husband or the wife? In a, the husband, in a, of course, <laughs> you know, so it's the, the wife is like caring about her health and caring about the kid's health and things like that. And she's guy, trying to create the nest. You know, she's the yeah. motherly bird that's creating the nest for her children. And, uh, and she wants it to be safe. And she's concerned that, you know, mothers have this nourishing aspect to them. All, all females have this feminine quality where they really want to nourish their bodies and their loved ones. Right. And then you have the guy who's more pragmatic and, you know, I want to see the evidence. Kind it's like of I'm thing. Superman. I'm, I'm a steel box. Yeah. Nothing can penetrate me. Yeah. You know, it's funny because in, in my relationships, even though I'm obviously the male in them, I'm always the one that's like wanting to make everything super chill and get the lighting right, the blue light and the water and the food. And it's the romance part of it. It's in funny, you, maybe. You know, I don't know. The partners, <laughs> I've never really dated a woman that's into health and stuff, weirdly enough. Uh, I hope to someday, but I'm always the one that's like, has to surrender that need to control everything. And they get annoyed because I'm like, don't eat that. You know, don't, don't turn on the blue light. You're getting EMFs. Turn off your phone. Because <laughs> I'll see women walking around with their cell phone, like in their bra and stuff. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, you're literally giving yourself breast cancer as we speak. You know, but you, you learn how to, you know, not be controlling. So, so you're saying it depends on the person and it depends on the environment and what the low hanging fruit is. Exactly. Or, or what the most alarming issues are. And then you just start with kind of addressing those then. Yeah. And there's some easy fixes. You know, you can just hire an electrician or a handyman or some people know how to do that kind of stuff themselves. But I'll go into a home and, you know, you know, with the magnetic fields, again, I'll use that as an example. We have those, those, uh, those power stations, but then you have the lines that are coming from the power stations that are on these big walkers that go, you know, a massive distance. You should not live anywhere near those. There's no way to really shield from those that's practical. But also in homes, sometimes there'll just be wiring errors and I can test the breakers and figure out where those errors are coming from. And it's just as, sometimes it's as easy as tightening, having your electrician tighten the neutral wire, which is another wire that goes into your circuit breaker box. And that basically cancels out the field and it cancels out the magnetic field because there needs to be equal amounts of energy going on on the wires for those magnetic fields to cancel each other out. And if they're not canceled out and there's an extra current or voltage, a, what they call a stray current going on the neutral wire, it causes a magnetic field issue in the home. And so anytime you turn on a light, you know, there's one house I did over in Kansas City uh, just recently, and you, you turn on this light and it creates a magnetic field through their entire upstairs. And it's just oh, a downstairs bummer. light. And so I just said, you know, for now, just keep that light off. Don't turn it, turn it, you know, tape it 
put some tape over it. Is this it. what we would call dirty electricity? No, this is a completely different oh, issue. <laughs> that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just when you think, you know, you've got the things. Okay, cool. That's no dirty. Okay. We'll go into dirty electricity. So in that particular case, you're like, Hey, heads up until we fix this. Just don't turn that light on or you're creating this really gnarly, you know, uh, yeah, field of, of mag magnetism of bad magnetism, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. So you're drawing more energy into that and it's pushing out more energy in a, in a large magnetic field upstairs, wherever those wires go to those lights that have the wiring issue. Yeah. They're causing, causing that problem. And so that's one, th one thing, one magnetic field issue I find in homes, it's just an easy fix. You just make a recommendation and then, you know, I walk, people through the process they'll often have their electrician call me what the heck are you talking about man like right right and then i can kind of point them to the resources and then and then the national electric code violation that it's that that's where oh, the issue get is that'll get the pragmatic husband's attention <laughs> yeah and you know those like like we were talking about downstairs those meters are just kind of convincing in and of themselves because you know you need something that's showing people that it's damaging and we have all this uh you know clinical experience from these, uh, you know, you know, I've done trainings with Dr. Klinghart and he has his like 40 plus years of clinical experience. And then I was trained by a geovital Academy, uh, an Austrian naturopathic and environmental medicine clinic, who's been doing EMF mitigation and geopathic stress mitigation since the early eighties. Wow. So they're early adopters in this whole thing. Yeah. They were, they probably went through a lot of the tinfoil hat uh, scrutiny, you know, starting out back then when this was totally unknown. So what about uh, going back to just some of the sources, there's two other things I want to cover and that's Wi-Fi in your home. Right. What I did as a preliminary, even though I live in an apartment, so I'm getting it from everywhere, but as a preliminary step, uh, I put my Wi-Fi on a timer. So I ordered a timer from Amazon and I set it to go off at like 1 a.m. because I'm not going to need Wi-Fi past that. Turns on at 7 a.m. I'm never going to need Wi-Fi before 7 a.m. And I did that for a while, which is cool. At least I know it's not on when I'm sleeping. Even though my neighbor might have a freaking router right below my bed, I don't know because I haven't had someone come over with a meter. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I don't even need Wi-Fi at all. And I just bought a long-ass Ethernet cable off Amazon. Yep. And I ran it on the baseboard from the closet in my office all the way out in the living room. And I have an Ethernet cable coming up through the couch cushions and yeah. a little adapter for my MacBook. And it took a couple of weeks to get used to like, ah, oh, God damn it, I have to plug my computer in. And if you want to get up and down, it's sort of awkward and a little bit annoying. But now I'm totally used to it. And my internet speed crushes now. Now sometimes I'll leave the Wi-Fi on because I'm live streaming podcasts or something. And then I'll just be like, oh, I don't want to plug in, I'll use the Wi-Fi. And I can't stand it because it's so slow. It's really annoying. So it's a way that I've been able to give myself a little reward system of having lightning fast ethernet in the living room from that cable. Right. So how dangerous is it to have Wi-Fi in your apartment and how much does the distance of you, especially in your bed, play in the safety? Distance is huge with the, with the internal wireless devices for sure. And so if you can, you know, ideally you want to try to wire everything and have everything wired. Sometimes that's not practical for people and it's really hard to convince the husbands <laughs> to uh, do that. Unless I'm the husband. Yeah, unless you are, right? <laughs> so, dude, yeah. my dream is to build a house where all of the walls are shielded. There's shielding paint, Faraday curtains. There's no Wi-Fi anywhere. Everything's wired with adapters everywhere you could ever want to plug in a device. Like that's the dream, you know? Yeah, well, so, we're going to do that for you, man. We're going to get yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, we'll do it. All right, so so carry on with the, the Wi-Fi routers. Yeah, so distance is good. Uh, you want it as far away from the bedrooms as possible. 
if, it doesn't matter if you're going to turn it off at night, maybe put it in the bedroom so it's farther away from your or near the bedroom so it's farther away from your daytime areas if you're going to turn it off at night anyway. Ah, then it's farther away from you during the day. Smart, smart. Yeah, my brother Cody has a gym and he has a desk, you know, in the back of the room where it's a big one-room gym and then that's where they kind of do their computer work and their Wi-Fi router is right under the desk. And I'm like, I don't say anything because I'm like annoying big brother, but I'm like, dude, you could just move your Wi-Fi router on the other end of the building and right. not have it where you stand and do all of the office kind of admin work, you know? Yeah. But no one asked me for my opinion, so I just shut my mouth yeah. until someone asked. But that's a really good point. So if you're going to do the timer thing on your Wi-Fi, go ahead and put it in the bedroom because then it's far away from your desk where right. you're gonna, or wherever you spend a lot of time. Yeah, definitely. Right. That's cool. And That's sometimes cool. people will will wire their computer, but they never like from their wireless router to their computer at their desk. But then, and they think that that's good. They turn off their Wi-Fi on their computer, but their Wi-Fi router is still giving off a signal. Right. So you actually right. need to log into the router. There's instructions on how to do this. You just Google your router, and then uh, figure out how to log in and and disable the wireless in the software that's on your wireless router. And so it's kind of different for every every router, but it has an IP address. And if you know a techie geek friend, they, they, they'll know how to do it. Yeah, I've seen that. For me, I have... So I have the modem, right? Which is getting the signal out of the wire in the wall, as I understand it. Then mm-hmm. that is wired to like one of those old Apple, those big white boxes that's the, the router that emits the, you know, the signal. And so what I do right. is I just turn... I just unplug that thing via the timer... So there's right. nothing producing the signal. Yeah. Does, it, does that work? Yeah, that works great. Okay. And then on my computer, like I have an iMac in my office and I just I just never have the Wi-Fi turned on because it's hardwired with Ethernet. Right. However, I do have a Bluetooth wireless trackpad because yeah. I just can't stand using a mouse and they don't make a wired trackpad to my knowledge. So I'm still getting like Bluetooth, which is not that awesome. How gnarly is Bluetooth for you? Well, it's just, it's operating on the same free radio frequencies as your Wi-Fi. It's just not quite as intense. Um, so, when you test a Bluetooth device with your uh, with your meter, it's a lower lower level of signal of radio frequency than like a Wi-Fi router or something like that. Yeah, it's a lower intensity. I, I always recommend a wired keyboard and wired mouse, but you know, some people just don't want that. They prefer the trackpad or something yeah. else. And so I really try to work with people on that and compromise on things that we can compromise on. And, you know, there's some issues though where your printer is a wireless printer and you're not printing all day long and you can just turn your printer off and only use it when when you're using it, you know? Yeah. And then the Wi-Fi is only on when you're using it and not blasting all the time because it's constantly sending out a signal I too. Just, you know, I just wired my printer and I don't even do it sucks because I'll be I want to print something off my phone or off my laptop in the other room and I just can't. I have to go to my like office computer that's hardwired and whatever, you get used to it. Yeah. You just pretend like it's nineteen ninety-nine again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like whatever. You lived before you had the ability to print wirelessly, whatever, you know. So in terms of the Bluetooth, uh, again, when I see someone wearing one of those little Bluetooth headsets, the little thing that goes in your ear. Like, don't say anything, Luke. Don't say anything. It's none of your business. Relax. But how gnarly is that to have one of those Bluetooth headset things on your head all day long? That's something that I definitely would highly recommend against because when you have that on your head, it's been shown in many studies that these radio frequencies from 
Bluetooth wireless, cell phone towers, radio towers, actually causes a permeable blood-brain barrier. And you don't want that. And you do not want that at all. Because that's like leaky brain. Yeah, it's like the equivalent leaky of leaky gut, but leaky brain. Yeah. And when you have brain inflammation from leaky brain, you get gut inflammation via the brain gut axis. And so, you know, it's kind of like a vice versa type thing. If you have leaky gut, then you eventually get leaky brain. If you have leaky brain, you eventually have leaky gut. Because all those, you know, the holes that are created in the blood brain barrier, you know, make it so that anything that gets into the blood through your gut or whatever is leaking into the brain as well. And so that's one of the things about EMF that is very problematic is everyone's so concerned about all the toxicities and everything out there. I am too. Uh, I have clients that I work with to do detoxification protocols and everything like that because I'm also a nutritional therapy practitioner. And so I'm working on these protocols with people, but at the same time, they're consistently getting this leaky gut issue going on. And the only way I've found to truly heal from that without being on leaky gut supplements all the time and everything is to shield their bedrooms. Wow. Wow. So you can do all the bone broth in the world to try to rebuild your gut lining. But if you're having that permeability happening in the brain from all the EMFs, then that's not possible or slowed down significantly. Yeah. And they've done a study on this, like, you know, multiple studies over the years, but the original one that I've, I've seen that, you know, people have cited, you know, lots of people have cited, Jack Cruz cites it. There's some other people out there that cite it is a study by Dr. Alan Frey back in the sixties. He's a neuroscientist and he had these two groups of rats and one group was, you know, not exposed to radio frequency and he injected them in their femoral artery with this uh, blue dye. And he watches on his imaging system how the blue dye fluoresces everything except the brain. Then he did the same experiment with a group exposed to radio frequency radiation, same stuff that you're using for your Wi-Fi, your Bluetooth, your cordless phones. It's another thing we didn't talk about yet. And he injects the blue dye into there, exposes them to radio frequency, and within 10 seconds, the brain fluoresces as well. Oh my God, dude. I love that evidence. I mean, I don't love it. It's horrifying. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the kind of thing because there's all these theories about stuff. But until, to me, I'm just, I guess I'm a visual person. It's like when you see it, you believe it. Yeah. So, so no Bluetooth, little headset things. I know the answer to this, but let's talk about what happens when you're talking on your cell phone and you have it touching your skull. And, and if it does, what I do is I just hold mine out at arm's length and talk on speakerphone. Um, is that doing me any good? You know, is that again, a distance thing better? And how gnarly is it to talk on the phone with that shit pressed up against your head? Yeah, distance is definitely an issue. You know, at the very least, try to use speakerphone or even a wired headset if you can. There's a lot of people that use these little, are worried about the radio frequencies coming up through the wire. And so there's these little ferret beads you can get to put on it. I haven't really found any reliable way to test that to see if it's impacting the body or not. There are some of those earbuds that are just an air tube. They don't carry like a signal, you know, they're yeah. just like, it's telephone game kind of thing. Yeah. There's, yeah, I've, I've uh, seen those before. I've had some feedback on that, that they break really easily. So I feel like there's really no good solution for that issue yet. Right. Um, you know, I use it like a Faraday bag. When I'm talking on the phone, it has two layers of this uh, shielding material between me and the phone and uh, it's blocking it away and I've tested it and it seems to be the best solution. So you'll, you'll hold it out in front of you, do speakerphone in the little Faraday cage. 
and it's still able to get a signal, but does it does it diminish the quality of the signal, like to where you know your phone conversation cuts off or you can't hear as well or it's staticky or anything like that? No, I haven't had any issues with that. And you know, optimally, if you're one of those people who wants to have the optimal experience on the call and also the least amount of exposure possible, I have this little app. I have an Android phone and it's called um, Open Signal. And it tells you where the cell phone tower is that you're connecting to. And so you can like uh, orient yourself in the direction so that you can get the strongest signal possible on your cell phone, which means that your cell phone's not going to be ramping up as much to try to reach the tower. Oh, cool. And so it's not, you know, it's your cell phone's emitting and connecting to the tower, but the tower is also trying to connect to your cell phone. And so if you have a stronger signal, you're the, the emitter that's closest to your body is not emitting as strong of a signal. Does it make any difference whether or not when, you, when you're using that, what's called open signal? Yeah, open If signal. you're using open signal, would you want to then not position your body between your phone and the tower, but position yourself so that the tower's away from you hitting your phone? You know, if you can visualize that, people listening, would that, yes. would that make any difference or is that just taking it to total paranoid land? No, that's exactly why I recommend it. And that's how uh, okay. I explain it to people. Okay. So you're right on. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So cell towers over there in front of me, I can see it on a building rather than turning my back to it and having my phone in front of me. So it has to drill through my body to get to my phone. I'm just going to face the cell tower, whether I can see it or I'm using the app, right? And have my phone out in front of me. So I'm not between the tower and the phone. Yeah, and then you have okay. the shielding material between you and the phone, so it's right. blocking any radiation. Because I kind of tell people the cell phone's kind of like having an explosion of radiation that's going out in all directions. Okay. And so if you have a shielding material between you and the phone, that's great because then it's actually exploding but bouncing off and, and away from you, the majority of it. So the Faraday bag's the best solution for that. Your body's more like an antenna, like, mm-hmm. like we've talked about here. And so you really don't want to have exposure to the phone. So there's a lot of cases that don't shield the sides. Right. Like the defender shield, those little wallet type ones. Are you familiar with those? Yeah. I've seen those. Those have actually some magnetic shielding in them. So it has a different type of benefit, but they also claim to uh, block some of the radio frequency, but there's a hole right where the speaker is. So that's going right through I see. Similar to the Bluetooth. <laughs> Whereas one of the little pouches, because there's a number of companies that make the little Faraday pouches, you know, essentially that cover the every side of the phone. Right. So that'd be a better option than one of those little wallet flip kind of radiation blockers. Yes, yes. Because I had one at one point called a Pong and they showed you the studies and I think a meter of how it made the radiation go most of it out of the back of the phone facing away from you instead of out into your face from the screen. And so I had one of those for a while, but then I got an iPhone 10 and they didn't have that size. So now I'm just, I have like some of those dumb little stickers, you know, little quantum healing protecting stickers and stuff. Right. And But the thing about those quantum stickers and little things you put on your phone that have minerals in them and things like that is none of them withstand the scrutiny of a meter. I've never seen... Yeah. The meter change. Have you with any of the stickers and those little sacred geometry things and all that kind of stuff? I've never seen it change a meter. No. Right. And, you know, kind of the way I explain that to people, since some people do see a benefit. Well, and, well here's the thing. And so you wonder if it's placebo. Here's you the know. thing is I've, the one that I have a sticker on my phone, and I forget who makes it, but I did muscle testing 
with phones double blind. I don't know what phone has the sticker, what one doesn't. There's no placebo there. Yeah. And I muscle test strong with the phone with the sticker. Same phone, iPhone turned on, same signal. Strong with the sticker, give me the phone without the sticker, weak arm. Yeah. Muscle testing. So I put the sticker on my phone. That, you know, that is meaningful evidence to me, even though if you put a meter on it, you can't tell a difference. There's some sort of resonant field happening on some quantum level or something that seems to be beneficial. Yeah. It's not mitigating it totally. Have you seen any of that kind of evidence? Yeah, you know, I'm a, actually I'm an experienced muscle tester. Oh, no way. Yeah. You are? Oh, I, cool. I trained with Dr. Klinghart doing the autonomic response testing and also NTA you know, has some graduate programs where they, Nutritional Therapy Association, they have okay. some graduate programs where they teach some of that along with some other reflex points that are in the osteopathic uh, tradition, Chapman reflexes, Bennett reflexes, things like that that have to do with the neurolymphatic reflexes of all the organs. But yeah, the muscle testing, you know, you can see a difference, but kind of what I think is happening a lot of times, it, it, it really depends on the practitioner who's testing you because they can have a bias and that can actually influence the muscle test. So you have to be totally objective about that whole thing. But also some things can be beneficial for the body, but it doesn't mean that you're removing the stressor. It just means that it's helping you deal with the stress. I so, see, right. So what I, t- what I tell people like for your listeners, just kind of imagine a, a, a scale, like a weighted scale where on one side, you have all of the nourishing things and the healing modalities that you're using, the supplements, the nutrient-dense whole food diet that you're, that you're eating, and you know, your, your infrared therapy, your light therapy, photobiomodulation, all these things that you're doing to help heal your body. And then on the other side of the scale, weigh, weighing you down and trying to take you out of that, the, all those healing modalities is the stressors in your life. And so you have all these stressors, like EMF stressors. You have you know, the toxic GMOs, pesticides, herbicides, all this stuff that's, that's uh, impacting your body and causing all this stress. And you want the scale to be tipped in the direction of healing where the nourishing support is outweighing the stress. But sometimes you can't make it outweigh the stress because there's just too much stress. So a lot of these products that are out there are trying to add nourishing support, nourishing frequencies but it's still not removing the stressor. It's just helping you deal with that stressor better. Totally makes sense. But my philosophy is yeah. to remove the stressor and then also strengthen the defenses and everything's right. going to work <laughs> right, much right. better. So get way. all your little crystal sacred geometry stickers all over your goddamn devices and do all that too, but let's eliminate the source of the stressor yes. also. Okay, so I think the phone thing is really important. So I, you know, I want to dive deep on this because that's, I think that's the main thing that we're dealing with is your Wi-Fi and your phone. We'll cover some other ones, but you know, no one's going to give up their cell phone, including me. I'd rather like be unhealthy and have a cell phone. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, sorry. yeah. <laughs> I need my damn phone or so I think at this point in life. Uh, so number one thing would be getting one of these little Faraday pouches that it goes in. Could you keep your phone off of airplane mode in the pouch so it still rings? You still get notifications and things like that. Is that would that be safe, or Here, should you put it in the pouch and on airplane mode when it's on your body and next to your you know reproductive organs and such? Yeah, the number one thing I can recommend for anybody is to even before you you purchase a product like a Faraday bag or whatever, if if you want to be available for a phone call or a text and you don't want you want 100 times less exposure, turn your data off. What's that? 
your cellular data on an iPhone. It says cellular, and, uh-huh. it, and you can turn your data off, or I, I guess you can put it in energy saving mode. I'm gonna grab my phone, and you it goes. Show me right now. Yeah, because <laughs> great. I'm getting a free consultation on the podcast here, guys. Yeah. All right, so, so mine's on airplane. Is that the data thing? So the data is what. Or do I have to go into what settings? updates all your apps and everything? Okay. So so do I have to go into settings? Yeah, go into settings. Okay. So I'm on my iPhone, guys. I'm going into settings. And cellular. And I'm clicking on cellular. And then click your cellular data cellular off. Cellular data off. Okay. And that's probably going to help my battery life too, huh? Totally. Yeah. And then can I still refresh Instagram manually with cellular data off? Um, no, you'd have to turn it, flip it back on and I then see. refresh. I wonder if you can go into accessibility and make a shortcut for cellular data. So when you like do the little flip, flip down, that becomes one of your options. Yeah. I've, I'll figure that out later. You yeah. don't have an iPhone. You're an Android guy. So, all right, yeah. cool. Well, so what, what, so carry on. So that r- turning off my, my cell data is going to eliminate some of that heat so to speak, some of the, the frequencies. Yeah, because your phone is constantly pinging the tower to get information about what, you know, oh, someone just sent me a Facebook message, someone okay. sent me an Instagram update, you okay. know, like whatever. It's constantly pinging, checking all the time. And, but you still get texts with the data you turned off? You still get texts with the data okay. turned off, but you still get apps, phone calls. But your apps aren't reaching out. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so if you don't, cool. if you just want to be available, you don't want to bother with the apps. You're you're yeah. in the middle of a meal. You're 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 out doing a hike, trying to be more meditative, but you want to be available just in case there's an emergency or you're waiting for a call or whatever. Then turn your data off, and you're going to be a hundred times less exposure. Really, literally a hundred times. I haven't. Are measured, you just it's going to be different saying, each, okay. on each phone. That but, you when have? You, but when you've when you measured like okay number one thing is on airplane mode then your phone's just inert actually number one would be airplane off Wi-Fi off and Bluetooth off right yeah airplane mode usually turns the Bluetooth and the Wi-Fi off not but on mine. The, but not on the iPhone yeah dude yeah because I've because we were doing yeah with we that earlier with in the, the meter tent. and we're still we're still picking up signal when my little Bluetooth button's on and my little Wi-Fi button's on, even when my phone's on airplane. So Yeah, so key with the iPhone apparently is yeah. to make sure those are off too. Okay. Okay, cool. And then so the ultimate is well the ultimate is just having your entire phone turned off. Next would be next best thing would be um having your phone on, having it on airplane, clicking off your Wi-Fi, clicking off your Bluetooth, clicking off your data. Right. Then Next best thing would be uh, having your um, phone not on airplane, but turning your Bluetooth and your Wi-Fi off and your data off. So your phone is just able to receive phone calls and text. And that's like the minimal amount of radiation where you can still have your phone be usable, but you're not getting just totally fried. Right. We have that right? Yeah. Valuable information, dude, because these are the kind of details people want. When I get messages in the Facebook group, people, I don't know, should what off on? Do these patches work? Does this work? Does that work? So yeah. this is really, really valuable stuff for people because people want very specific answers. Like yeah. it's overwhelming all of this shit. Yeah. So you guys listening, um, you know, just know that you can click rewind <laughs> that little 15 <laughs> seconds back. Do that a couple times for what we just said and have your phone in your hand while you're listening to this podcast and yeah, you know, take those steps to just help mitigate. Again, it's not, it's not about being paranoid and being a control freak. It's just, to me, it's just common sense. These are just the basics just because no matter what you do, you're getting inundated with all these other frequencies and fields anyway. But why have one really close to your body almost 24-7 
that's doing this shit to you, yeah. right? Yeah. And let's add one more thing to that. Okay. If you do have a Wi-Fi signal available, you're going to be exposed to that anyway. So turn off your mobile data and just turn your Wi-Fi on. And that's going to be a lot less powerful than your phone trying to reach a tower like a mile away. Oh, Because it's really? only going the distance <laughs> of a Wi-Fi okay. router. Another level of complexity. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if we are hooked up to a Wi-Fi network, then turn our phone service off and just run on Wi-Fi, like when you're traveling to another country. That's yeah. like how you access data and stuff on your phone, where you can still use apps and text and things like that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. the Wi-Fi signal by itself is less damaging than the cell signal on your phone. Yeah. Wow, cool. So we've talked a lot about the daytime exposures, the devices we have on our body, the microwaves, all that kind of stuff. But... Really, the priority that I find, and you know, there's probably 60, 70 years of clinical experience behind this as well, is that nighttime when you sleep is the very, very most important time to be shielded from all these frequencies. Let's talk about in terms of sleep, let's go into the cell phone issue because this is something for me that I find a little bit challenging because I understand that you know, ideally you'd want a, a bedroom where your whole bedroom is a Faraday cage and we're going to talk about that or at least your bed, you get fabric and you make your bed a Faraday cage and people don't know what that is. It's just, it's a, it's a frequency field free zone, right? So that's the ultimate, we'll get into that. But for me, I'm kind of addicted to having my phone <laughs> next to my bed, not because I'm on it, but when I can't fall asleep or I wake up in the middle of the night, I turn on a podcast. That's how I fall asleep. Like last night I woke up three or four times. I put on a podcast and instantly fall asleep. Talking makes me go to sleep. It's like my magic trick. And then I also use a sleep app on my phone that wakes me up when I'm already awake. You know, it's called sleep cycle. And so if you move around and it's during that 15 minute window, when you want to wake up, you wake up not in the middle of deep sleep or something. So you wake up when you're kind of halfway awake, which I find is really good because I'm able to wake up easier and I don't get as tired during the day. So my phone is like an integral part, so I think, of my whole sleeping process. Now, of course, it's totally on airplane. I mean, I'm not that crazy to have it like, you know, getting a signal next to my head. So what I do is I put it as far away on the nightstand as I can. I scoop myself down to like kind of midway in the bed so that I'm not close to the wall with the electrical fields behind me. So I kind of create as much distance as I can uh, from those devices, but I can't figure out a way to not have my phone in the room because I use it for those things. It's like, I'm like, what do I yeah. do? Get an iPod touch and like, you know, but still there's a wire going to that, which is three or four feet away from my body while I'm sleeping away yeah. from my head. I've so, got a solution for you. All right, cool. Let's talk. <laughs> but you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, so yeah, let's yeah. talk about how you deal with your phone. And let's just, would you reaffirm that it's a really bad idea to have your phone not on airplane anywhere near your bed? Totally. Yeah. So just for starters. Yeah. Keep it on airplane mode all the time when you're sleeping for sure. Okay. Because a lot of people don't even know that. I've told people that and they're like, what? My phone's on right there under my pillow. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I've a couple times when I've been sleeping with someone else in the bed and I want to hear my podcast, but not disturb them because I also sleep with earplugs because I live in a loud ass city. I'll put the phone under my pillow. I'll start the podcast and then I put it in airplane. It's weird. You can still play a podcast even though you haven't downloaded it with your phone on airplane. It's totally weird. But if you stop it and start it, you have to take your phone off airplane to get the podcast to play again. 
then turn the airplane back on. Oh, interesting. It's really weird. Yeah. I just, yeah. I still don't understand how that works. Let's pa- pause that for a second because okay. I want to do a little bit of a rabbit trail <laughs> okay. to, there, to a similar thing you can do with your okay. GPS. Okay. And then we'll go back to the phone okay. in the bedroom. Okay. With your GPS, you can get your map going. And if, if your map's loaded, then you can turn it into airplane mode after your map in is your car? Going, in your car. Dude, yeah. sick. Because I was going to cover the car after the bedroom. Okay. Yeah. Go, so going back to this thing. Just a word to the wise, what I've done on a few occasions is I'm half asleep and I wake up and I'm like, oh, I need to turn on a podcast so I can fall back asleep. And this is why I have a podcast. I'm really addicted to them. Uh, but then I, and I'll have, so I don't alarm the person sleeping with me. I'll put the phone under my pillow, like right under my skull, but it's on airplane. It's not plugged in, you right. know, because that would be gnar. I don't want that wire under my head. I'm, I'm not smart. But then there's times when I'm half asleep. And then I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh shit, my phone's been on the whole time, not oh, on airplane. No. And, I, and I'm like, I don't know if it's psychosomatic, but I'm like, I have an instant headache the moment I realize that, you know, because I'm like, God damn it, my phone's been like looking for that signal, transmitting, receiving stuff, you know, three inches from my skull under that pillow all night. It's like the worst realization when yeah. that happens. Well, that's, that's where that Faraday bag could be beneficial for you if you, you just have it and you place that barrier between you. If you forget ever and you just kind of get in the habit of putting it in there, then that can help maybe mitigate some of that, those frequencies from hitting your body. On the Faraday bag, is there uh, the little pouches for your phone? Is there a brand that you recommend? GeoVital, the... Clinic I train with, they have some that they sell. There's no, no online store or anything yet. I'm trying to work on on getting that on my website possibly. But I had my wife make me some, and then uh, Sauna Space. There's a sauna company here that's that's working on some prototypes for that. Oh, cool. So cool. I mean, I've seen a few. I just haven't like locked in a brand. I think for me, I haven't done that just because. It's like an it's an annoying extra step. They're like, oh, I got to pull my phone out of my pocket, take it out of the pouch, and that's why I never did the Defender Shield little flip case. I'm just I'm on my phone so much. I just want it accessible. But right. if it's yeah. going to keep me from getting testicular cancer, I'm probably willing to make the adaptation. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's the motivation you need. <laughs> it is. So back to the phone in the bedroom. What can we do about that for yeah, someone I, like I me? I have that, my phone in my bedroom. Okay. So what I do is you can get these, you know, one issue is plugging it in and charging it. Everybody charges their phone at night. A lot of people use them as an alarm clock. I use my phone as an alarm clock, Yeah, you know? So what I do is I have a power bank, one of those like batteries. Dude, genius, problem solved. Yeah, you charge that during the day and then at night you unplug that, you plug your phone and it'll charge your phone at night. You don't have to have it plugged into the wall. Oh my God. I can't believe I didn't think of that, bro. Because that's the thing. My phone gets all used up during the day. I use it for podcasts. I use it for the alarm clock. So I have to have the charging wire three feet from me. So it charges all night and won't die. And not. And then my alarm won't work in the morning. You know right. what I mean? Because I've had that happen. Or the phone starts to die. And then at 4 a.m. It's like, whoop, whoop, whoop. It yeah. sets off a low battery thing. I'm like, God damn it. So that's genius. So you get the little charging brick. Yep. Every morning, just plug that in, charge that. Then at night, you don't have to have your phone actually hardwired into power charging. You just do it to the battery. Yeah. Dude, game changer. Amazing yeah. value. And because the battery is running, you know, all the batteries are basically powered off of DC electrical current. Your body right. runs on DC. So it's, it's not having the detrimental Sweet. effect that alternating current does on the oh, body. that's what AC stands that's for? That's what AC stands for. Oh. ACDC. Yeah. Let there be rock. Back yeah. in black, I'm familiar. 
Or when I was a kid, ACDC also, this is like a 70s thing. It also meant bisexual. Oh, really? Yeah. And there was this, you know how like in the, in the, in the 70s, when I was a kid, there was these rumors about Kiss. There was one that Gene Simmons, um, this time digressing here, but why not? It's interesting. There was this rumor that was really solid that Gene Simmons had cut his member off with a chainsaw. Like when I was a little kid, oh, eight years old. Yeah. That's what everyone thought that listened to Kiss. And then there was one about Rod Stewart having his stomach pumped of fluids, uh, which is a story that's a little off topic. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and then they used to say that the band ACDC called themselves that because they were like bisexual or something. So that was my first introduction to the word ACDC. But anyway, I never knew what an alternating current and then what's the DC stand for? The direct current. Direct current. Okay. Yeah. So direct current has a continual signal. Alternating current, they use that to, to basically pulse the signal. And so uh, okay. like with all the lighting in the house, this is one of the issues that I tested. I can't for. believe I just told those stories. <laughs> Sometimes I say shit and I'm like, should I edit that out? No, I guess it's whatever. Just the way no, my brain man, works. You're raw. You're, you're here. I mean, it's you know, the realness. You it's, know, it's just like that. So it's interesting now with the DC because there's been devices. I have like the Biomat, which I love. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I haven't tested it with a meter. But I, at one point I was like, oh, I'm probably frying myself with EMFs while I'm trying to do this healing infrared crystal thing. And then I emailed them and they're like, no, we have a little breaker kind of box that turns it into a DC current. You're good to go. It's DC. You're fine. And I never knew what they were talking about or if they were telling the truth. Well, I've tested biomats. Oh, no, 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 dude. Don't tell me. (laughs) It's not true. Are you serious? Yeah. It's producing EMF? It's producing electric field I live on a biomat, dude. Like literally at least one hour, if not two hours a day, I'm sitting, maybe more, I'm sitting on my biomat. Well, we can talk later and I'll tell you how to biohack that really? a little bit. Yeah. Because I, I sell them on my site and recommend them to people too. So I can't do that unless I tell people how to fix that issue. Yeah. So it's not just DC, huh? No. Well, there's multiple Have types. Have you tested of- the very new ones? Because I looked into it quite recently and they make a point of telling you like, no EMFs, we have a little breaker thing. Mine's an older one. Yeah. But- a, a, the, a lot of these companies, they mean well and they do some things to reduce it and they have scientists that they do, but the scientists are not in our paradigm. That, they, that they're see. consulting with. Okay. So like for me, I'm in the paradigm. I understand EMF. I understand that there's multiple types of EMF that are affecting the body that these um, products have that can be mitigated against. And it sucks because these products are health products too. You know, it's like we're using these saunas and we're using these devices to support our health, but yeah, then they have these it, side effects. Yeah, but it goes back to that scale, you know? Right. So you're adding this nursing infrared support with a biomat or, or these other products, you know, there's some PEMF devices, some other things like that that you can use to instigate a healing response. But and it and the healing response really may be a net benefit for you, and you see some some results with it. But it's also adding some stress right. on the other side. Right. So if there's a net benefit, it's okay. Don't stop doing your healing therapy that's if you're seeing of, results. That's kind of my. I'm glad you said that because that's my way of thinking. It's like you know, I use this thing called an amp coil religiously. And I mean, it's just, I love this damn device, really expensive device that uses biofeedback and PMF. And I've met numerous people, maybe personally five people that have healed themselves of Lyme disease. I was telling you about this earlier. Yeah. Just using that thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's kind of all I need to know. That shit works. I want that in my life, even though I don't have Lyme. Right. But then there are people such as Jack Cruz, like he'll dip in my Facebook group for the podcast and he'll be like, because I'll post, hey, the amp coil, everyone should check this out, especially if you're lying. And he's like, 
PMF sucks. It, it ruins you because of all these scientific things that I don't understand. And so I'm like, I don't know, is PMF good or bad? The guys that sell PMF say it's the best thing since sliced bread. Then you have people like Jack that don't sell a PMF device and they say it totally sucks. But then I meet someone with Lyme who's cured themselves using this device, right? Yeah. I use the word cure. You know, you're not supposed to do that, but healed themselves or whatever, okay? So it's that like, the cost to benefit ratio. All right, so is the PEMF throwing off some balance in my body? Maybe, but the benefit is so much more than what I'm losing there that I opt in and I'm like, I'm doing it. Right. Is that kind of, you know, your approach generally? Yeah, generally, you know, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one that wants to optimize things. You know, I see all these products out on the market. I'm like, I can fix that. I can fix this. You know, I, can, I could be consulting with these companies and fixing all these issues all across the board. My goal is to shift the whole paradigm to where we can have appliances in the house and all these healing therapies. You start with the healing therapies and get those people to understand all the issues and fix all those issues. And then we can move to more appliances in the house and things like that. But That's there has awesome. to be a huge shift in this paradigm to make healthy technology. And just just as bad as this technology can be, we can be in this whole like crappy environment that's constantly stimulating us and affecting you know our, our nervous system and causing this sympathetic fight or flight response, the stress response. Just as bad as all this technology can be for us, I feel like we have so many innovative, brilliant people in the health space that we can combat that and be in this technological world and also protect ourselves from, from this by recreating an ancestral environment, at least where we sleep, start there. Right. That's right. where the priority is. Right. And then move on to like, okay, where else do we need to be in a parasympathetic healing rest and digest response when we eat, when we sleep, you know, sex is a, is a parasympathetic nervous system response. It is? Yeah. <laughs> So sex in a Faraday cage is going to be so much better Damn, than sex had, with all this EMF around us. I was going to say I've never tried that, but I have had sex in, on multiple occasions outdoors in the middle of nowhere. So that's sort of free of those unhealthy fields. It is pretty good too. Hmm, interesting. Food for thought. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. After basically destroying my health, including my gut health for the first half of my life, I've been spending many years researching ways that I can fix it. And I'm really stoked to have found this company, Biome, that gives you the ability to test your gut health from home. Now, you might have heard of some of these gut tests that you can do at home. However, most of them just focus on the bacteria, while Biome provides you with the full profile of not only your gut's bacterial, but fungal species. That's a really crucial piece. Not only that, they have an insanely cool probiotic that I've been using that not only includes beneficial bacteria, but also fungus. Yes, it's gross, but you need all this stuff in your body. So here's what you can do with Biome to optimize your gut health, which I just might add really affects your overall health in so many ways. Like you have to fix the gut. This is something I'm learning in all my biohacking adventures. So here's how it works. You purchase the in-home kit. You follow the instructions. You collect a sample of your poop with a swab. It's not as gross as it sounds. It's actually really easy. You mail it in and then you get your biome gut report, which tells you what's going on down there, okay? And then you actually get to get on the phone with a live nutritionist that's going to make recommendations. It's a very cool system they've created and it's really, really thorough and effective test. So go to biomehealth.com forward slash lifestylist. That's B-I-O-H 
mhealth.com forward slash lifestylist and use the code lifestylist at checkout to save 15% off your order. So that's biomehealth.com forward slash lifestylist. Use the code lifestylist to save. You're going to get your gut report, order some probiotics with the fungus in there. They even have a great prebiotic product. Very cool company making it really easy to get your gut healthy and keep it that way. And now back to the interview. I want to cover the car, okay, which is a huge issue. And I want to cover electric cars, but let's go back into the bedroom and really talk about dialing in that sleep area. Because to me, I'm with you that if you're going to like fix one area of your life or your home, it's the area where you sleep. Yeah. And making that, as you said, primal or ancestral, like getting back to nature as much as possible. So what can we do for the bedroom and what should we look out for? Yeah. So the bulk of the radiation that I, the wireless radiation that I see coming into the bedroom is from outside the home. And so when we are, so many people are worried about their Wi-Fi, their microwave, their cell phone, and rightly so, these are things that you're using every day and, and other people in your family are using every day. But in order to connect your cell phone, you have to have all these towers around you that are constantly transmitting 24-7 into your home. So if you think of your, you know, I always talk about a stress cup. So you have a, a cup, if you can visualize a cup, and you have all this, these EMF stressors that are filling up the cup, 90% of that is this radiation coming from outside the home and, you know, 95% of homes. Things that tip you over the edge are maybe those internal Wi-Fi and, and cell phones and things like that. But most of it, the bulk of it's coming from outside the home. And so, you know, if you just turn off your Wi-Fi at night, that's great. That's a reduction in the exposure. But most people, they, they try that and they don't notice much of a difference. And it's because... Especially if you live in an apartment, dude. I mean, when I go on, you know, crack open my laptop, and I live in a fourplex. I'm not even in one of those big buildings. I'm on the second floor of a four-unit little Spanish building. They're quite typical in LA. Mm-hmm. I'll get the opportunity to pick up probably 25 Wi-Fi signals. I'm like, I'm turning my router off. Does it really matter? Because the, the guy across from me, the guy underneath, I have a building that's probably about 15 feet from my bedroom. That could be that person's office, you know, so... Yeah, so it's like one, so it's like one twenty-fifth of a difference. Right. But it's also closer to you, so it's actually a bigger slice of the pie as far as your sure. exposure. So it still helps, but yeah, it still no helps. matter Definitely what you do. Definitely do it, you know, you're, it's, it's like baby steps in some ways, you know, like cutting out one stressor from your life. You come up with this food panel and you're, you find out you're sensitive to like 25 different things. You cut out one thing at a time, it's going to help you, right. you know? Right, right. So... But still, the issue is like when someone's celiac, for instance, and they're, they have a, an issue with gluten, you don't tell them to just go low gluten. You have to cut the whole thing out. <laughs> yeah, low gluten. You know? I'm, a, I'm kind of on a low gluten diet. <laughs> uh, more, more so no gluten, yeah. Yeah, but to yeah. heal the gut lining, you have to cut out all the stressors, especially the ones right. like you know, someone with celiac. They have to completely avoid gluten. And then if you avoid it for a certain amount of time, you start to have this major healing that happens. And then if you're exposed to it again, your body reacts with, with a vengeance. And so with EMF, it's kind of the same, but not really the same because you do have to cut it all out to notice a difference. But what's different with EMF is that you're actually able to, if you cut everything out at night, you're able to tolerate more during the day. And this may change with the new 5G technology that's coming out. I don't know. 
but the, all the clinical experience of GeoVital, they have 35 years experience with over 250,000 patients. Wow. And then Dr. Klinghart has like 40 years of experience with his patients in his clinic in Germany and the United States over in Seattle. And so all of the evidence, clinical evidence that suggests that if you just fix the bedroom from electric fields, magnetic fields, radio frequency, wireless radiation, and geopathic stress, which we haven't talked about. It's radiation that actually comes up from the earth, from different underground things that are going on geologically. If you fix those four things, the kids with autism are getting better in Klinghart's clinic. The, you know, the protocols that didn't used to work for, that, that worked a long time ago for decades in this naturopathic clinic in Austria, they started working again after they fixed the bedroom. And so people are healing from chronic illness and things are, things are happening and, and roadblocks are just knocked over. And so it, it's, you know, the difference between a supplement working or a protocol working and not could be these stressors that are impacting your body and blocking your body from having its innate healing response for eight hours every single night. Totally makes sense. I mean, this is a third of your life. Think about that. You yeah. live 80, 90 years, a third of that time. I don't know how, I can't do the math offhand. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. that's a lot of goddamn years of your, literally years of your life you're spending in that environment. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the time, but as we've kind of dipped into is this is the time when your body is meant to do the repairs from all of the stressors that are happening during waking hours from working out to flying in airplanes to eating bad food to all the EMFs and pollution, all the shit you're exposed to. That's when your body's like supposed to be doing its rebuilding and its restorative uh, mechanisms, right? Right. Yeah. And it can't do that with all this external stimulation coming in and stimulating the, the sympathetic response, raising your cortisol. And like we talked about earlier, when the cortisol is up, the melatonin goes down. And so melatonin is the body's most potent antioxidant and it floods the brain when you sleep and actually all your brain cells shrink by 40 to 60% creating room in the brain for melatonin to come by and basically sweep and bind to all this oxidative stress and free radicals. It's, you know, it's oxidation that's, that's uh, aging us and melatonin is an antioxidant. So it's basically sweeping all that out through the cerebral spinal fluid down into the circulatory system for the liver and kidneys to process and take out of the body. But if your melatonin is not highly concentrated enough because you've got the blue light and the EMF, then that process is not going to be as optimal. Right. And you know, not only that, but also melatonin is flooding you know, all the lymphatics and draining all the oxidative stress from every single organ in your body at different times in the night. There's, you know, when you sleep is when your body is doing its innate healing and repair. That's the time, you know, when you get sick, you get tired and you want to sleep. And so your body's default healing mechanism when it's going through some kind of stressor is to, yo, dude, you need to lay down, rest, sleep. We have to repair something. And so, you know, many of us have lived all our lives with, without having that truly working. So what we're doing when we're shielding an entire bedroom is we're awakening these dormant healing responses that are innately inside of us that we've never experienced before in the, in, since we were born. Wow. And That's crazy because we've all been born in this era where even pre-cell phone and pre-smart meter and all that, you're still having the electrical and magnetic fields and all that. Yeah. 
So I, I kind of relate it to like the whole concept of, you know, cold thermogenesis. Like there's these mammalian responses that help you to, you know, hold your breath longer when you're exposed to cold and like the Wim Hof breathing and all that kind of, that kind of stuff. Like you're awakening dormant healing responses with that. But also when you're, when you're sleeping in a shielded environment, it's just different. You feel calm, you feel relaxed. You're able to get into a, a more relaxed state, a parasympathetic state, truly healing and your shields can go down you know, your nervous system just calms down. And the other thing that happens is the pathogens and the, the viruses, the mold, the bacteria, parasites that are inside of you, they perceive this EMF as a stress response. And so they go into survival mode and they proliferate. Oh my God, and gnarly. That, and that activates the immune system even more. And so we have all these autoimmune conditions that are going wow. on. And so, you know when you are in a shielded space, those things calm down too and your immune system's able to kind of make some headway in That's very interesting. That. That's very interesting. Wow. Tripping out right now. Okay, yeah, because I just went through a bout with some parasites and stuff. So when you talk about shielding the bedroom, how do we do that? There's a special high attenuating, non-toxic shielding paint that I recommend. It's the best that I've found by GeoVital, it's called T98-alpha shielding paint. And it's a graphite and carbon-based paint with silver flakes in it. And you put that on the walls in two layers. And, you know, every single wall, the ceiling, you have to basically be what blocking. The, what about the window frames, the wood frames? Wood frames, you, you want to use a... There's a special fabric that they also sell that's a very high attenuating sheer fabric. So it looks, looks nice. And you, you have to overlap that by about five inches around the window, the top, bottom, and sides. Oh, okay. I'm talking more about the wood frame around the window. So you just would paint the drywall and then you just cover your whole window with that fabric as curtains. Yeah. Okay. So you don't have to worry about the act, like painting the actual wood frame. Like, yeah, with like the, the molding frame. around yeah, the, the yeah. molding. That's what I'm right, sorry. Right. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So some people that have wooden doors, they don't want to paint, stuff like that. Those are right. things that I just kind of have to make custom recommendations for. Sometimes oh, I'll have them. like if you have exposed wood doors or something like that. Yeah. There's one guy right. I did an assessment for in Seattle where he had a wood door. He just really didn't want to paint. It was a really nice looking door. And I was like, dude, well, let's just shield your hallway. And we kind of look in line of sight. Okay. How do these frequencies get in the room? I make custom recommendations like that all the time. And so it's definitely on a case-by-case -case basis. But the, the general idea is you're creating a Faraday cage in the bedroom. Right. And the paint is doing two things. It's, it's reflecting away all the frequencies coming from outside, you know, all, from all the towers, all the wireless frequencies. And you know, the, window, the, the curtain, the Nova fabric is blocking that and the T98 paint is blocking that away. And then it's also because the paint is grounded, it's trapping those electric fields in the walls and not allowing them to get onto your body to that's stimulate so awesome. all the muscle contraction. So, so two for one solution. That's so dope. Okay, so say in my bedroom now, say I shield that whole thing, but I have two electric devices. I, I could do, I love the battery solution, the little battery brick, for you, so I don't have to plug my phone in anymore and I can still have the use of that. There's two things that I really need in my bedroom. One's an air purifier that also it works as a white noise machine, just an Austin air thing, which is just the air in LA is disgusting. You got to have at least that, if not a better one. Uh, and then I also have this thing called a chili pad, which is a little condenser unit you put distilled water in and it makes under your mattress cold. And both those things are required for me to be able to sleep at all, you know? So right. I'm thinking like, 
I would shield my bedroom and then have to run an extension cord like from the hall down the hallway that runs to just those two things. So I just have those two things running within that field because I there's just no way I don't think I could sleep without them. Otherwise, I'd have to run the AC in the whole entire apartment, which is like, I don't know, 1,800 square feet or something, but I only yeah. need it cold in my room. So that's why I like the chili pad. Plus, if you're sleeping with a partner, which I'm not currently, but hope to soon, they never want it as cold as I do. I like the room like 62, 65 degrees. I mean, that pisses women off big time in my experience. Yeah. But the chili pad solves that because I could just have my side of the bed freezing and they can like have 90 degrees in the room, no AC, and sweat their asses off to their heart's content. Right. So what would you do if someone just has to have a couple electric devices in the bedroom, but you want to shield it? Yeah, that's a highly customized solution in most cases. Right. But you know, I have a I had a client in a Magnolia neighborhood of Seattle that I did, and they did their whole room with with the shielding paint and the the the, the Nova fabric on the on the walls or on the windows. And they also there's this mesh that you can put underneath the flooring, underneath the carpet. So that's what they did. And I found that in those rooms, if you have that, um, have like your air purifier plugged into the other side of the room, as far away from the bed as possible, because everything is grounded, it kind of sucks in the electric fields and makes it so they're not reaching the body. Oh, nice. And if there is an issue, then we just have to come up with a little customized solution for that. Oh, cool. Um, wow, chili that's... pad, I haven't tested yet so yeah. i'm not sure it's funny because the chili pad you know the little condenser goes under your bed and i speculate that it might create a magnetic field because there's a motor in it okay yeah but you can kind of pull it away from the you have it at the foot of the bed and you're not even supposed to put it under the bed so i store it under the bed then at night kind of pull it away but it's powered there's an extension cord right under where i'm sleeping that's like two feet under my body that goes into the wall under me so yeah. it's like not ideal but well if you know the chili pad people then then i could do a consult for them and fix Good all idea. the issues you Good know idea. So. yeah i mean and thanks to people like you and shows like this i have to say um you know maybe the people from chili pad i'll send them this and be like hey check it out you have an issue here you have a really health supporting device here it makes you be able to keep whatever core temperature you want from warm to hot it's an amazing device because you can also use it as a heating pad and it doesn't have wires and it. it's just water so it's not like a electric blanket god forbid we don't want to use those right just for the record yeah no and if you do you can use them to heat up the bed but then unplug that you know a lot okay. of people just leave them plugged in and turn them off and think it's fine but the electric field's actually coming out from you know, if you have a shielded room, even you, the electric field's coming out from behind the shielded wall because you can leave the breakers on when you're in a shielded room. Right. Because everything's grounded. Right. So there's nothing leaking out of the walls. Right. But as soon as you plug something in, the electric field comes out from behind that shielding and goes onto your onto your body in the room because it's seeking a lowest voltage potential. But your <laughs> your body's conductive, highly right. conductive. It's right. got water, you know, where yeah. much of our body is water. So it's like conductive through our through our skin and our our so our you can do the everything. same thing with the biomat is heat up the biomat then unplug it and sit on it yeah until we figure out your hack which we'll do later okay so no electric blanket use it to heat up your bed then turn unplug it so you're not sleeping on that do the shielding paint do the nova fabric which it actually looks really nice guys listening it's a it's a really nice like off-white sheer fabric, uh, just like you'd have if you wanted like a nice daylight and then you'd get some blackout curtains and do like a double curtain because your room's right. got to be dark to get good sleep. I mean, I put like these foam inserts in my windows, so that shit is black, black, black. You don't see any light at night. It's 
It's actually really weird because in the morning you can sleep in until like nine or 10 <laughs> and you have no idea what time it is. It's kind of a mind F, but I, I sleep a lot better with it dark. So yeah. if you have an average size, you know, apartment size bedroom and you want to do the shielding paint and say you have, you know, two or three, four windows in there, what's like a ballpark of what someone would have to spend to properly shield the walls with that paint, to ground that, to put the floor mesh on underneath you so you're not getting any fields coming from your neighbors or from underneath the wiring and to, you know, do the windows and all that. Like, you know, what's like a, you know, a range of a couple thousand accuracy. Yeah. Well, if, if you just want to buy the stuff without having an assessment, there's a retail price that you have to pay. If you get an assessment and you have the specific recommendations from me, then, then I'm, you know, the company that I, I work with, they, they want their products to be put in correctly. And so, right. so they give a discount. So you don't want to like buy the paint and have your hand, try to explain it to your handyman. I'm picturing that my handyman's, they already think I'm nuts. All the weird shit I have them do when I hire people to do these things, you know? And yeah. I'm like, like, what's the thing that I had? Oh, like I take my, we're going to talk cars, but I have my car grounded. Uh -huh. I'm trying to explain that to my mechanic. I, I want this graphite strap to hang down and touch the ground. And then I want it wired to the frame. And then I want like this metal wristband in the car. And they're just like, uh, you're nuts. But okay, if you're going to give us money. So GeoVital yeah. is going to give you a discount on some of these products because they want you to do it right because it's going to work right if you have it properly installed. And yeah, because often you know someone will just buy the paint and they'll shield one wall because it's got a smart meter on the other side or something that's transmitting a signal all night long. And, but what the problem with that is that, you know, there might be a cell phone tower on the opposite side that's sending a really strong signal into your bedroom and reflecting off the paint and then going right onto, onto oh, you. Oh, right. You know? So it's almost like having a mirror in your room. Yeah. Or right? there might be a magnetic field issue in the house that needs to be addressed, or there might be power lines outside and the person spends thousands of dollars painting their room, you know, and then there's a magnetic field issue that can't be fixed. And they would have rather just moved if they wanted to optimize their room. I see. Because so, the paint and the, the fabric on the curtains is not going to stop magnetic fields. It's right. going to stop radio frequencies and electric frequencies. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. And then what about uh, the other option that, that I've looked into that people may or may not consider? I think it, you know, some of this stuff depends on whether you own a place or you're renting a place. Like I rent an apartment, so to put the mesh under the carpet. I mean, I'd have to remove everything, pay someone to come in and rip all the carpet up that belongs to my landlord, right. try to put the ripped up carpet back in or replace it, but it wouldn't match the other room. So it's just like, ah, shit. So what I've thought of, because I don't own currently, hopefully will soon, is building my four post bed into a Faraday cage, just getting that fabric and just enveloping the bed and then putting something underneath the bed. So how could someone like make a Faraday bed? Yeah, they can do that with the same fabric we use for the curtains. And that's the only fabric out there that I know that has that sheer look and ability to have airflow come through. And it also is attenuating the higher frequencies up to 8 gigahertz. And, you know, our Wi-Fi is operating at 5.8 gigahertz now. A lot of the things that you find online, a lot of the products are actually designed and, and uh, developed in the late 90s. Right. And what kind of frequencies do we have in the late 90s compared to today? Ah, uh, right, right. So they're only shielding up to one to three gigahertz. And, and also some of that shielding, you mentioned the breathability, and that's an issue that I've considered when building like a Faraday cage bed, like that silver kind of fabric. It doesn't look like it would breathe, and it looks hideous. Like if you care at all about the design aesthetic of your bedroom or your home, 
I think that's been a barrier to entry for me. I'm like, I don't know. I'd rather not be healthy and have like a decent looking bedroom. Right. You know, because it's just like, how do you explain that to someone? Oh, I have a Faraday cage. Sorry about the silver shiny fabric all over my bed. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, but this, fa- the Nova fabric, I mean, I just saw it downstairs. It actually is really nice. I'm not mad at having that anywhere in the house. It's actually yeah. looks nice and the breathability. It's, it's, somewhat, it's just like a sheer cotton is really what it looks like. Yeah. Whereas the other ones are like this metallic kind of foil-looking fabric, which is bizarre to have in your house. Right, yeah. Okay. So try to make it so the person doesn't look crazy. We can have a normal-looking bedroom, <laughs> not a Better Call Saul, like, yeah. like Mylar, yeah, everything exactly, all around. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and the, you know, GeoVital, they are an Austrian you know, company. And Austrians, if you know anybody who's Austrian, they want everything to look proper and nice and beautiful, you know? So with the shielding paint, it's a black paint. You know, so you see this transformation of your room from a from a black paint, and there's two layers that you smash between the the grounding tape. But then you can paint whatever color you want over it. So a lot of people always ask me, like, what colors does it come in? Well, it's just one color; it's black. But then you have to paint over it. So, yeah. and there's do-it-yourself videos that they have uh, to walk you through the process. And then I'm a you know I make myself available for people that I do assessments for to guide them through the entire process. And uh, talk to their electricians, plumbers, painters, whatever, you know, if you want to hire someone. So that's, so there's two options there. So, you know, working with someone who's a professional, testing your room, building a Faraday cage around your bed. If you don't want to spend the money and time to dial in the whole place by shielding it with the paint. Another option would be like, I ran into these guys downstairs called, uh, I don't know what their site is, but it's EMF kill switch. And they built this kind of breaker box that's custom built with a remote control where you can just like, yeah, at least just kill all the electricity in your room. But again, the issue with that is like, yeah, but I want my air purifier and my chili pad. So what am I going to do? Run an orange extension cord every night and every morning down the hall and have no electricity in the room. And you're, it does not doing anything for the, the radio frequencies. Right. All the Wi-Fi and smart meters and cell towers and all that stuff. So, yeah. you know, that's like another solution, but maybe not the ultimate. Yeah, and I use that. I actually talked to that guy um, and, and the EMF... Kill switch is something that I want to start carrying as part of my arsenal of things that we can yeah. use because sometimes it's not the breaker in the room that's affecting the room. It's a different breaker like downstairs. And so if we can kill the electricity in the floor, for instance, with that, we can turn that off and then you don't need to do the mesh under the bed if Ooh, you have like a wood flooring dope. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's different uses and that's why it's very customized. You really have to get right. an assessment done because yeah. it's... That's the bottom line. You yeah. can't figure this shit out yourself. Yeah. You pay, and what is an, like, what do you charge for an assessment if you were to come in someone's home with all your crazy meters and really dial it in? It kind of has been changing as I've gotten more busy and everything. But like right now, my current rate is $997. And uh, that includes two bedrooms and up to 2,500 square feet and then $100 per additional bedroom. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fair. So it's, yeah. it's a, it takes a lot of my time and, and a lot of people don't realize like how much time it does take to not only when I'm at the assessment for three or four hours in your home testing everything. And, uh, you know, it's a very interactive assessment that I like to do and I'm explaining things, answering questions. But it's also, I, I have the support through the entire process and I point you to the best products available to shield you from all this stuff, including the 5G frequencies that are coming that everyone's so intimidated about. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really trying my best to do my business with integrity and help people. And I'm a health practitioner, so I, I want to follow up with results. And so I've kind of got 
different things in the works where I want to. I'm I'm trying to do this lab testing before and after. Oh, and I mentioned neat, the stuff with neat. the aura ring, you yeah, know, yeah, measuring yeah. sleep. Yeah. So I'm excited about some of these new things that we can kind of do to help show people that this is really a thing. Yeah. Because I see people's symptoms disappearing overnight. There's one woman who is a neurosurgeon that I did an assessment for. It was crazy. I was in the middle of doing this assessment and I'm measuring this bedroom and I've got, you know, I've got the smart meter on the other side of the wall with the breaker box and there's a big magnetic field coming into the bed. And, and so the smart meter is pinging all night long. There's a magnetic field. The electric field is extremely high because the circuit breakers, all the electricity is going to that wall from the whole house. And then the geopathic stress. Oh, because that's where the meter is. That's where the meter oh, is. Oh God, as yeah. if smart meters didn't suck enough. I never thought about that. I'm just thinking about the, the huge radio frequencies coming off smart meters, but not that all the power in the house has got to be routed to that meter. Yeah. That's like the central meeting point of all the electric fields too. Yeah, and it's creating dirty electricity on the, on oh the wiring, God, all this, all this so stuff. Hard. So, and then the other issue was she had this underground water current that I, that I detected that was running right under one side of the bed there. And that, that's, ge that's called geopathic stress. That's something we haven't talked about, but there's an energy that comes up whenever there's any kind of geologic activity underneath that's more intense in some areas than others. It's a, you know, the Chinese have this tradition of feng shui that has its roots in geopathic stress aversion. Greeks and Romans knew about this. There's just a really rich tradition in many cultures all around the world that there's earth energies and earth meridians and things in Chinese culture that are affecting us and we need to avoid these for optimal health. So she had this really strong water current that was running under the bed as well. So she's like hitting all the top tiers, like the highest amounts I've, I've seen in every single category right there. And I look at her and I say, this is probably the most intense place I've ever tested so far. Wow. And she looks at me with tears in her eyes and she starts crying and telling me this story about that's where her husband used to sleep. And he passed away from cancer like, like uh, two or three years ago, something like that. And then she like loved him dearly. She went into depression after that. Her father moved in with her to be supportive and everything. And he started sleeping in that same spot. Three to four months later, he gets brain cancer. He passes away. She misses them both. So she moves back into the room. She starts sleeping in that same spot and then she gets brain cancer several oh months later. Oh my God. And this is the smart meter room. Yeah. God, smart meters suck so bad, dude. I watched this movie called Take Back Your Power. I'm going to interview mm -hmm. the, the director of it, uh, Josh Del Sol, one of these days and we can connect. But there's all of these case studies where they show just how dangerous smart meters are and people living right next to cell towers. There's one example where there was a cell tower next to this dorm in a university in San Diego or somewhere and everyone that lived in that goddamn dorm got brain cancer. They're yeah. like, uh, duh, it's 10 feet away from a giant cell tower. You know, it's like, right. it's the cancer wing. And what's crazy is, dude, is uh, in LA, I see this all the time. I'll drive by hospitals or medical buildings and there's huge cell towers like right, right in the rooms. I'm like, oh my God, the irony here is like this most sad like black comedy. I'm like, oh my God, this is where sick people are going to get more sick. 
It's just insane. Yeah. Well, you got that plus stacked on top of it's all the hospital food, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and the lighting and all that, you yeah, know? Yeah, and then it's big EMF issues in so, the whole entire place. So, so I mean, this, we could have a two-hour show just on smart meters um, in, the, in the interest of time. Um, plus, I have to go to the bathroom soon. Me too, man. We do? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much to cover. Maybe we'd like need to take a break and come back. But if you hit like emergency level, just let me know and we'll, we'll cut it off and we'll come back. But uh, with the smart meter thing, there's one option some people have is to opt out and, you know, just mm-hmm. demand that, you know, legally that the uh, municipal power company comes and replaces your analog meter. There are some little screens and devices I've seen that protect it from firing out away from your house. Or if you have it on your garage and it's facing your bedroom or something, you can stop that. But it sounds like the shielding is just the best way to go if you can't just entirely get rid of the smart meter then. Yeah, smart meter is sometimes just the the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. You know, it's it's something that definitely is an issue. It's causing multiple things that are going on in the home, it's causing dirty electricity to come onto the wiring. And if that's reaching your body, that can be more damaging than just regular electricity. But the regular electricity is damaging in and of itself. So my philosophy is why fix half the problem by installing all these dirty electricity filters in the bedroom? Why not just fix the whole problem and shield the entire room from the electric field so the dirty electricity is not reaching the body anymore at all? And the signal is also not penetrating the room because you have a whole Faraday concept in the room. Right. We'll be right back after this important announcement. I want to tell you guys something I'm really excited about. And it's so timely right in the middle of this episode with Brian Hoyer all about EMF. So at the time of the interview with Brian, he of course gave tons of recommendations and ways that you can mitigate the harmful effects of all of these fields that we're surrounded with. Shortly after this, I found this new device called the Blue Shield. And this is a technology out of New Zealand that took over 25 years to develop. It's taking the EMF protection world by storm. So when you plug in a Blue Shield device, it starts emitting the symphony of frequencies that are within the human responsive range. So then your body responds to the Blue Shield rather than your Wi-Fi smart meter or your cell phone. It's called sympathetic resonance. So your body would much rather respond to natural frequencies than man-made EMF in whatever shape or form they come in. So the Blue Shield stuff makes the old Schumann devices look prehistoric. So all these little things you stick on your phone and these clay balls. And I'm sure if you've been in the health scene for a while, you've seen all the all the you know EMF protection devices. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm just not sold on any of them. They're all kind of 90s and I just don't get it. But the technology behind Blue Shield is the most advanced EMF protection on the planet. So developing this technology has taken them all these years and they spent $2 million to develop these things. So I have the whole house filter. It's called the Cube. It protects my whole building, actually including my neighbors. So I use this in hotel rooms when I travel. And I have to say, just subjectively, since I got this thing in my house, my sleep has improved dramatically. It's bananas. Like I sleep like a freaking bear. Then I have the little portable pocket model and I keep it in my pocket everywhere I go, especially in places that are really high EMF, like a movie theater with a bunch of people with their cell phones searching for a signal on airplanes and especially in my car. And in my car, they also have a little auto unit that plugs into your car light adapter. Of course, I got that. And I used to get super gnarly fatigued from driving until I put this thing in my car. Is it placebo? Listen, I don't know and I don't care. 
What makes me think that it's not placebo though, and you can check this out on their site. By the way, their site is blueshield-us.com. That's blueshield-us.com. If you go to their site, you can click on the tab that says research. And there are these really cool studies they did with animals. They're totally humane. No animals were harmed. The animals are actually helped so that there could be no placebo. Because you could tell me a little sticker on my phone is going to make me smarter. And because I think I'm going to be smarter, it'll work. You know what I mean? Placebo is great, by the way. I love placebo, but it's not really good if you're going to drop a couple hundred bucks to protect yourself from EMF and you just think it's all in your mind. You don't want to be all like tinfoil hat vibes, right? So go to blueshield-us.com. Click on the research projects and you'll be able to see the test that they did on farms with chickens and cows, as well as some human blood cell and urine analysis, which is really, really cool. It's going to blow your mind. So I would recommend getting the cube. I'd recommend getting the one that plugs into your car and the little pocket model. It's about as big as a credit card and it's totally portable. And they all do the same thing. As I said, they just Make your body resonate with natural frequencies that are present on the planet so that your body doesn't attune to the harmful frequencies that are all around us like we're talking about in this episode with Brian. So go to blueshield-us.com. Per usual though, I've got you hooked up. If you enter the code LUKE, you will save 10% off anything you buy there. That's all lowercase LUKE to save 10% at blueshield-us.com. Now let's get back to this interview with Brian Hoyer. And now back to the interview. Okay, then the next thing I want to cover briefly, if we can, is grounding and grounding technology, because this is terribly confusing. And all my listeners are also confused about it. The ones that even know what I'm talking about. All the guys that sell grounding technology devices say that it works and it helps you. A lot of the guys on the EMF mitigation side say that if you're using grounding devices and stuff, you're making things worse. So let me explain my situation. We talked about this briefly. I have a little narrow cotton sheet that has this conductive uh, uh, thread in it, silver thread, and I plug that in out my window into a spike that's going in some wet ground outside about right. you know 12 inches deep. And then that plugs into the bed and I keep that at the foot of the bed. Now I've tested that with the skin voltage meter and I'm picking up, you know, electrical fields. I'm full of electricity. Then I touch that thing and it goes down to zero, which to me would be like, this is awesome. I'm protected from those fields. And that's what the grounding companies say that sell those things. Same thing. Like I have a little um, pad under my feet when I'm working at my desk and same. I imagine the same thing. I'm getting all these electric fields and stuff coming off all these devices and that if I'm, you know, my bare skin is touching that little rubber pad that it's going to zero out or close to it, have one in my living room or have them around the house. All the grounding people say, you're awesome, you're protected because now that all gets minimized. And then the EMF guys, maybe you might have the same opinion. They're like, no, dummy, you're actually now acting as a conduit for all of these fields that are seeking to ground. They're using your body to, um, to ground those, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, what are you call them? the electricity is using your body to go back and find the ground. Right. And then again, going back to the grounding people, they're like, no, because the field is so strong coming off the earth that it's pushing away all of the fields from your body. And that's why your skin meter is zeroing out. What's your take? Well, if you even follow what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. So take it to the extreme. Okay. You're, you've got that situation in your bedroom where you're on the, the, the grounding sheet and, uh, 
and there's all this, you know, and you're, you have your body voltage meter, it goes down to zero when you touch it. Well, if you have, and it's because there's all this electricity around you, right? So if you have a low hanging electrical line and you're grounded and you touch it and it's a high voltage power line, what happens? I don't know. You get electrocuted. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you have all this voltage that's seeking ground and it's going right through your body to the ground. It's using you as a conduit, okay. essentially, just like the EMF guys say. Okay. So when you're surrounding yourself with electricity and you're grounded, the same thing is happening. And I can measure voltage in the air and show that when, you're, when your body is on the grounding pad, that voltage disappears from the air. No way. And it goes, so it's going somewhere and you can see that it's going to your body. I can be grounded and then I take my hand and put it over an electric field meter and the voltage goes down when my hand goes in front of it. So where is that voltage going? It's going right through my body to the ground. So you're essentially sucking in those electric fields and, and it's using you basically as a neutral wire that's returning to the ground. And that would be worse than you just free-floating, ungrounded, being exposed to electric fields? That I don't know. Okay. That's up for debate. So that's the debate. Yeah. Okay, okay. But my, my, my thing is yeah. the best of the best with no doubt is getting rid of the electric fields around you uh -huh. and then being grounded. Ooh, nice. You know, nice. that's the ultimate solution. So right. it's, you know, it's still, the debate is whether it's best to be grounded while you're around the electric fields or not grounded around the electric fields. Right, that's my question. Yeah. And you don't have a definitive on that. I don't have a definitive answer on that. I just know that like we reduce the voltage as much as possible. Yeah. You know, in the bedroom, we like to see below 10 millivolts on your multimeter before you even touch anything that's grounding. And, you know, I always tell people use, use a grounding technology as a barrier between you and the electric fields as a shield mm -hmm. because then you don't have any voltage reaching your body at all. Because out in nature, we don't have voltage re reaching our body. We never have for the history of mankind. Right. And so you, you wanna, if you want to mimic uh, our ancestral environment, you have to have zero voltage and be grounded. And so, right. so that's what we do with the shielded that's room. That's the goal. Okay. So straight up, honestly, if you or me right now going back to LA or anyone listening that is in their apartment thinking they're stoked because they have a little grounding pad by their computer, their little grounding, you know, foot sheet on the bed, would you, and like right now in my Airbnb here in Austin, I have, I plugged into the wall in the ground wire and I have my little half sheet on my feet and I'm grounded. Would you personally do that? Or would you not use grounding technology when you're exposed to electric fields? I don't do it. If I, if I have grounding technology, I'm, I'm uh, setting my electronics on top of it uh, to suck in that electric field into the ground before it reaches my body. Oh. I'd rather not have it reaching my body and have this high body voltage that's very stimulating. Then, so give me an example of how you would say you have a, you know, one of these rubber grounding pads that plugged into the wall. What would you put your laptop on top of it? Or what, what do you mean by that? Exactly? If your laptop's plugged in, put it on top of it. If it's not, then it's running off a battery and there's mm -hmm. not a AC current uh -huh. going through your laptop. Uh -huh. So, um, and then if your laptop's grounded, there's a difference there too. But basically you use the grounding pad. If you know that something's high in electric fields, you know, wrap your cord in it. Um, that's plugged into the wall that will help reduce the electric ah, I fields. See. Okay. Uh, just 
or just lay your cord on top of it. It's, it's, a, it's a way that you can use the technology in a smart way. And really, it's, the grounding technology is, there's just a lot of controversy around it. I have my own opinion and philosophy. I, yeah. I just kind of always look at it from this 30,000 foot viewpoint of sure. ancestral health. Yeah, and I mean, that's, I'm always looking back through evolution. Well, exactly. how did we get to where we are and thrive and survive as well? We were always connected. I always say you're always connected to the ground. Like there's no creature ever except birds, obviously that aren't grounded their entire existence. Yeah. We're the only ones that were like, oh yeah, we don't, we'll get rubber shoes and rubber car tires and just be elevated and floating in space, so to speak, right. and not touching that, you know, that ground. Yeah. So... I have a device that is a USB plug that plugs into a three-prong thing that I use when I'm on my laptop that is said to ground the laptop when it's just free-floating, when it's not plugged into power. I charge it. I, mm -hmm. I, don't try, I try not to use my laptop when it's plugged into power. Um, so I have that. And then I also have one of those going into the back of my iMac. It's like this green. I got it off lessemf.com. So it's yeah. a USB that goes into the thing. Would that be grounding those... It's grounding the electrical components. Yeah. Um, it just kind of depends on the design of the machine. Right. I Most see. Apple computers actually are already grounded the way that they're oh, okay. they're set up. Okay. Especially the iMacs. Oh, okay. So the iMac I have, you know, I forget what year it is, but it's it's got a third prong, and the whole metal casing around it is is grounded. I put my electric field meter on there, and there's nothing coming off of oh, it. Oh, cool. Good. No, of I have a I have a pretty new iMac, maybe two years old, so it's yeah. probably chilling, huh? Yeah. Except I've got that Bluetooth on the uh, trackpad. <laughs> Damn it. It's always something. Okay, that's yeah. that's very, very useful. So so the grounding thing is a little bit up for debate. We we really aren't 100% certain if you using yourself as a conduit, so to speak, and having those electric fields zeroing you out is necessarily good or bad. You're erring on the side personally of probably not using that as an option. Yeah, and you know, but we do know the ultimate option is to you know, recreate our ancestral environment by right. not having the exposure to the electric fields at all and then grounding. So I, if okay. I, optimally, if you do have a grounding seat, you feel like it's really beneficial to you, turn the breakers off in your room, the very least. Nice. But, you know, and then you can talk to the EMF kill switch guys. Yeah. Even that, you know, I've, I've turned off a main power to a house and there's still an electric field issue in the, in the house. Right. Because the electricity is riding on the gutters going around the house. The fascia, if you have metal siding, then it's going around that. And so that's where the shielding paint and the, the mesh underneath is just kind of really the ultimate solution because right. you're, just, you're just basically sealing up that entire room and creating it so that no electric fields and no radio frequencies can get in, in the room at all. Did we ever... I know I got your rate, but I just totally forget right now, probably because of all the, all the EMFs when I was sleeping last night. <laughs> but did we ever get like a, a rough cost estimate of the paint and the window covers? No, yeah, we kind of we kind of yeah, started yeah. to get there and then okay, we got distracted. Yeah, Give me like so. an idea because it took, as I understand it, a couple of few thousand and I'm already going to warn people that are like, oh, I'm not going to spend that money. Dude, do you know how much chemo cost? How much did you spend on your car? I mean, I'm saying this to myself too, like Luke, because I'm going, I'm not going to spend three to five grand or whatever on this shit. But it's like, I have no problem spending that on some stupid biohack, you know, not stupid, but some biohacking device that's really good for you we're probably not as good for you as getting restorative sleep for the next 20 years in a shielded bedroom. So yeah. let's just preface it by that because I know there's going to be a little sticker shock because it's not $300 to do your bedroom. Yeah. So what are we looking at ballpark? Well, the way I explain it to people is, you know, 
people will remodel their kitchen for fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, <laughs> right, exactly. Not blink an eye, yeah. but then you know. So you kind of have to start to get in the mindset. This is a home remodel for your health, right? And you know, it's it's not really that that bad if you think about it that way. You know, typical twelve by twelve by eight foot tall bedroom is you know anywhere from fifteen hundred to three grand, depending on how many windows you have and. You know, Dude, that's not that like much that. money. Even no. if it was five grand, I mean, it's yeah. a lot to some of us. You if know, you're including but... the geopathic stress match, you're getting up into the three grand area to, okay. to five grand. Three to five. You know? Okay. But, wow. Dude, I mean, honestly, if you, like you said, you think about remodeling the home or I don't know, I bought a leather sofa. I mean, it's beautiful. But I bought a leather sofa a couple of years ago. It was like thirty five hundred bucks, you know. Right. I don't even. It looks nice, but honestly, I don't even sit on the damn thing because it's less comfortable than sofa B that I got on Craigslist for six hundred bucks, you know. Right. But I have yeah. two of them. The guests like it, I guess. It's kind of like the one we're sitting on. But like, I don't even. I'm like, no, I have to have that one. I'm not going to get an ugly one, right? And it's going to last because it's leather. It's one of those ones that probably won't go out of style. It's pretty classic in its design. But I don't even think about that. Yeah. But if you're like, hey, buy this paint for two grand, I'm like, whoa, whoa, $2,000 paint, hang on. You know, <laughs> just funny how our value system works like that, right. you know, yeah. or just how much I pay to lease my car every year. I mean, I don't even know what it is, but it's probably a lot. I have a nice car. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to have that car. But you talk about, you know, shielding the floor is going to cost me $1,000. I'm like, oh, hang on, $1,000. It's just, I really think it's important we reframe and, well, not, you don't have to do anything. But yeah. for me personally, like reframing my values in terms of where I'm going to invest my money. And I truly believe that sooner or later, if we don't spend money on interventions like this, supplements, biohacking, all the stuff that does cost some money, you're going to pay the farmer, you're going to pay the doctor. You know, yeah. that's the thing. Eventually, dude, you're going to end up having to have medical interventions. Just yeah. no human biology can withstand the stresses of modern life. So yeah. I think these things are really important. Uh, there's one, two last subsects I want to cover really quick and then I'll let us both go pee and get out of here. I think like this conference feels over too. <laughs> like, it's getting really quiet. I'm waiting for yeah. security to be like, oh, sir, stop recording. Is the car, EMFs in a car, a regular car versus like an electric car because I've heard some gnarly things about them. I want to know if you've tested them and ways that we can mitigate uh, the EMFs in the car. In my car, as I said, I'm grounded. Like, right. oh God, now the car is using me as a conduit. This sucks. But I drive around grounded to the battery. I mean, I wired my whole car mm -hmm. to be grounded. And then I have this strap coming down. It's called a Mitzer and it's, right. it's connected to the frame and it touches the ground. So unless I'm on asphalt, which is not conductive, Technically, my car is grounded and that's my current solution. I feel like could be psychosomatic, but when I go on road trips and stuff, I'm less tweaked in my grounded car than in a non-grounded car. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you, what's your take on the level of EMFs in a car? Uh, and, and is it electric car much worse? And is there anything we can do about it? It's, it's challenging to measure cars just because there's no... You know, typically there's no real ground that you can connect to to measure the difference in voltage and stuff like that. And then obviously, if you have your phone in your car and your car's metal, you have all the RF that can kind of be bouncing around if you're using your phone in Ooh, there. Which brings me back. I just want to re remind myself and the listeners. You said we could keep, we could start our navigation because the navigation in my car sucks. I always use Waze. It's just too hard. You know, it's too hard to set. So I could set my navigation. I'm going to, from point A to point B, and then turn it on airplane. Right. Right. And it'll still and work. Still, okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. So carry on. Yeah. So and you know if you don't do that, the your cell phone's constantly going from moving from tower to tower, disconnecting and then reconnecting, and it's pushing out more 
more power as it's getting further away from the tower that it's connected to. And then it's connecting to new towers. So it spikes back up. So actually driving in your car is much worse than just having your phone around with you connected oh, to one tower that's damn. just, you know, stationary. Because it's a moving target yeah. of receiver yeah. versus signal. Damn, that's heavy. Okay. Yeah. And then the idea of it bouncing around, you're, you're making kind of a reverse Faraday cage in a sense inside a metal car because that yeah. signals that. Well, I mean, there's windows, but there around. is some, some bouncing around that does happen. Okay. But it's not like laser beams and, and uh, mirrors. Right. It's more like, you know, like, like it bounces off, loses some energy, and bounces off again, loses some energy. So it's not like a microwave necessarily. What's but your take on grounding the car? Grounding the car, I think it sounds like a good idea to me. I've actually consulted with a a car company in you know that's wanting to shield these these cars. First time we've ever had shielded cars, and so we're dude. Wouldn't it be sick to have a Faraday cage car? Yeah, we're working on that, oh, dude. It's challenging because when the car is moving, you know, you know, there's the electric fields. That's what the grounding kind of takes care of, but then there's also the magnetic fields, and so. You know, and the battery has a magnetic field. The motor has a magnetic field. Ooh, I bet. Even the wheels spinning creates a magnetic field, even though there's no motor. Just the spinning of the wheels creates a motor. Just like in an electric toothbrush, it, it causes an AC magnetic field just because the wheels are spinning. Oh, interesting. So, so that is an issue. But there's a material that you can use to shield the magnetic field. And I'm working on maybe doing some car kits for that. When I get back from this trip, I'm Amazing. actually going to going to install that in my car and test it out and see awesome. how it goes. Awesome. Okay. I love that. And would you say an electric car produces gnarlier, more dangerous fields than a normal gas guzzling car? Surprisingly, no, but with the disclaimer, because you know it heavily depends on where the batteries are at and what's going on. So I've heard in a Tesla, the batteries right under your seat and you're just frying the shit out of yourself in a Tesla. Have you have any seen any evidence to support that? I haven't tested a Tesla. Okay. I'm really big on testing everything before I yeah, yeah, make yeah. big bold I statements. Like that. You it's know? important. It's important because a lot so, of people like me just you hear memes like, oh, the Teslas are high MF. It's like, well, that could one person could have said that online and then it spreads. And I go around telling, Don't buy a Tesla. And it's like there's actually no truth there. Right. You don't really know until you have a video camera and a meter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And someone that knows how to read the meter. Yeah. And I've tested a Nissan Leaf. I didn't find a bigger issue than in a normal car. Normal cars oh, okay. have a motor and have they you have tested a Prius? No, I've tested a, um we have a um a hybrid actually. Toyota Highlander hybrid. Okay. And uh you know, I was when I was getting cars, I bought a car on this trip actually cuz I needed one for the for the tour and I was going to borrow a buddy's car when I came out here. Anyway, I was testing cars when I was getting ready to purchase one and I was like, oh, there's a hybrid. I can get better gas mileage, carry the whole family. I got three daughters and we travel around the country doing these EMF tours all over. So I, was, I tested that and I tested a Jeep and they were the same for the magnetic field. Interesting. Magnetic field is the biggest issue in the cars because you're getting like six, eight milligauss and you want it to be below... 0.5 milligauss. Wow. So, wow. you know, but I didn't see much difference between the two. So I went ahead and got the hybrid and then I'm just like, okay, I'm going to shield this when I get home. Cool. And have you ever tested uh, the, the electric fields coming off heated seats? 
Not the electric fields. I've I've tested the magnetic fields, and there is an issue with that. Okay, because yeah. when I turn on, I I love my. You know, it's not that cold in LA typically, but every once in a while, it gets a little chilly, and I turn on my heated seats, and I'm like, I don't know. It starts making me feel sick. I swear to God. After yeah. a couple of minutes, I'm like, it feels good on my back, and it's like cozy, but I'm like, oh, I just doesn't feel right. My body doesn't like it. Yeah. So Weird. with that, I mean, people who live in colder climates, you can do the same thing you do with the electric blanket. Just turn it on, heat up the seat then turn it off and that right. it's warm, but it's not creating that magnetic field. All right. Good stuff. And then lastly, airplanes. When I get on an airplane, I do a couple of different things. Sometimes you hear Mercola and some of Jack Cruz, some of these guys say, Oh, when you're, when you're, you know, you can ground to the grounded system in the plane. Obviously it's not touching the ground, you know, the real ground, but it's grounded. So all the electricity is not flying around like mad is that you take your bare foot and you touch like some metal on the seat in front of you or whatever. I'm usually not in a seat where I can reach the metal because I don't like small seats. I'll, I'll right. wait to take a trip and get a good seat. So what I started doing is bringing a little grounding pad and plugging that into my outlet or bringing a little wrist strap, like an anti-static wrist strap and just keeping myself strapped in. And I told Jack Cruz that. He's like, you're insane. Don't do that. You're going to pick up the blah, 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 whatever. Just touch your, your bare foot on the metal seat in front of you and it's grounded. Da, 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 da. Any ideas on, on how to mitigate the EMFs on a plane and grounding and all that. I think all, a lot of these people haven't even tested what's going on. Right. To, it's all speculation. To know. It's all, yeah, it's all speculation. Bro science. Yeah. I haven't, you know, when I, I've take, I take my meters whenever I'm traveling around and I'm on an airplane and with me. And so I test the magnetic fields like next to the, the jet, you know, the motor and, and the engine oh, and cool. everything. And surprisingly... I haven't found a huge magnetic field issue, even though I still think that getting away from that just because of the sound and the stress that it causes yeah. being next to the engine is an issue. But the electric fields, I just haven't been able to test reliably because I haven't been able to to ground properly I see. in there. Because when you're testing voltage, you need a ground to test the difference in voltage from one surface to another. Ah, and you can't get grounded in a plane because you're in the goddamn sky. Yeah. So there's a ground to the plane, like lower right. voltage and higher voltage, you know, that they, that they run with the wiring and stuff, but it's not true ground, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you don't really know what, what's going on <laughs> yeah, in someone there. Someone asked me, they're like, what do you think? There's like a strap hanging down, touching the mountains you're flying over. I'm like, no, I know it's not grounded, grounded, but I, I feel like it's better than just being free floating within that electric field. But you can't really test those because it's not grounded. What yeah. about the radio fields about Wi-Fi in the plane and all that. Yeah, that's that's very intense. Even before we had Wi-Fi, we had jet lag. Even before people had cell phones, everyone had a cell phone. We had people that had jet lag. That's been a thing for a long time. And so, you know, when I learned about this whole idea of geopathic stress and the earth has these grid lines that are from the magnetic field that are that are coming up every 12 to 15 feet and there's crossing points in Europe they've known as cancer crossings for for years and years and years wow there's we're going you know our ancestors go through these these lines and it stimulates the nervous system so when you're hunting you're going through these lines pretty fast it's very stimulating to the nervous system but then when you slow down you eventually end up in a spot where you're free of these stressors and you can rest and feel truly relaxed and go to sleep. So they, by trial and error, they would find more restful spots, their favorite spots to, to take a nap and sleep and animals do the same thing. You might've just cracked a code for me and my buddy Elliot, who I'm, I'm hoping is, well, he'll listen to this because he listens to the important ones, but he's lived in LA his whole life. I've lived there for 30 years and there's certain real estate, commercial real estate locations 
that we call dead zones, or it's like a vortex. And you'll see a building over the course of 10 years that's like a really prime piece of real estate on a great corner, right? Where you'd think, oh, no business could fail here just because of the visibility and the, and the traffic. And we know these vortexes, dude, we'll, we'll be driving around. We're like, oh, there goes another sucker. Because no matter what business they put in that building, it dies. I don't care how they paint it, how they remodel it, the product or service that they're selling there, every business will fail there. And I've thought about that, that it's on a weird energy vortex spot. It's on a weird ley line or something that just energetically people don't like going in there. And yeah. it just is doomed to failure. I mean, this is like, you know, speculation, of course, but... Have we should go of- there and test that when I'm when I'm there, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I could right now. I can spots, think of five locations in LA. I don't care what business you put in there; it's going to go out of business within the first year. And they just, yeah. but the people before don't know. They're like, "Why is this property so cheap? We can't believe we found a vacancy here." And I'm like, "I know why. I've been driving by there for 30 years, and it's always bankrupt. You know, whatever they put in there. But yeah, yeah isn't that interesting? Well, we Those can power spots, you right? Know? Yeah. So GeoVital, they found a way to deflect that energy. Wow. And so we do, that's what we do. We have these mats that you put underneath the bed and then there's these daytime mats that let through a little bit of stimulation because you do need that uh, to while you're moving around and everything. So, But back to the plane. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, you know, <laughs> so, dude, it's so, this is like so hard to not have a six-hour podcast. It's I know. Like, yeah, the shit is so fascinating to me. All right, carry on. So with the plane, you know, jet lag has been happening for a long time before cell phones and and everything. And it could be due to the electricity not being grounded, that sort of thing. But I'm convinced with my own experience that when we're, we've never ever traveled this fast through these geopathic stress lines and the earth's magnetic field, when you're going like 200 miles an hour in the air, that field from the earth is going up miles and miles and miles into the sky and the airplane's not, you know, exempt from that. So we're traveling so fast through this. It's like a faster than a machine gun stimulation of going through all these lines every 12 to 15 feet, plus all the underground water currents, the fault lines that are creating an energy under massive extreme pressure that's coming up from the, from the earth, different metals and minerals mixing together, pressing together like a big battery. And that's creating this energy that's coming up. And so we're being constantly stimulated by this while we're going through the sky at this massive speed and our nervous system doesn't know what to do with it. And so you're constantly in the sympathetic state. You know, for me, when I, like, when I was younger, I, I did a lot of traveling, like when I had orthodontics appointments, my, my orthodontist actually paid for me. To, I was in a special program. He paid for me to fly back to him to do all my orthodontic appointments and stuff. So I was traveling a lot then. And I remember even back then before I knew about any of this stuff or was into health, I would just get so sleepy on the plane. I'd just be like, oh, I need to, I just feel exhausted almost immediately, like about halfway through the flight. And I just, you know, I couldn't handle it anymore. I had to fall asleep. And uh, it's because I, I think looking back now that it's because of all that stimulation of the nervous system that you get from these these uh, sheets of energy that are that are rising up That's from the earth. That's fascinating, dude. Uh, I, more so than any human being I've ever met personally, get destroyed by flying. Flying is my kryptonite. And you should see me on a plane, dude. It's like, no one likes to fly with me because it's such a spectacle. All the shit, all the supplements, all the devices. I mean, I, and I usually buy a business or first class ticket because I'm just tall and I want to be comfortable. And because I have all this shit that I do to make flying devastate me less. And I'll yeah. even, 
you know, like I, I was coming here for this event. Uh, I spoke on Saturday, yesterday, today's Sunday. Uh, the event started on Friday. I had my original ticket for Wednesday just to have Thursday to totally rest and recuperate just from flying from LA to Austin, right. a three hour flight. I just, I can feel it. I can't, I, my word recall goes down. I feel brain foggy. I feel lethargic. I'm inflamed. It's just horrendous. So I've thought about just, and I never thought about those, um, you know, the ley lines and all that stuff like you're talking about, but just the the stress to the human body that's not meant to be that high up. Yeah, that's Disconnected too. from the, you know, from the magnetic field of the earth and just traveling through space and time and picking up all that static electricity that's inherent to moving through air that fast. I mean, there's so many different components yeah. and it just wrecks me. But what you just explained solved another riddle. I get jet lag symptoms from driving, yeah, especially long road trips. Mm-hmm. I recently drove down to um, Joshua Tree to go to a yoga fest there. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And it's going to take me hours to recover from that long drive. And I'm like, I guess it's because the human body does not like to be going 80 miles an hour. But you just explained something going on under the surface of the ground, which is adding to that. Now, two hacks I discovered for anyone listening that really helped on my recent road trips is I have a molecular hydrogen gas machine yep. by Vital Reaction and I huff that shit like every 20 minutes. And then I have my Nano V. Those guys are here at the conference uh-huh. and I have those two devices in there and I just alternate between them the whole time. And both of those reduce oxidative stress and inflammation. Mm-hmm. And so that helps a lot, but still it's brutal. I got another one you could add in. Oh, good. So the, so the, uh, the daytime mat that, that we use is a very small mat that, that it deflects this geopathic energy. I took it on a flight with me. I want and, one. And uh, yeah, <laughs> right now. You, you, uh, I'm like, shit, can I get one for the flight home tomorrow? <laughs> it can't, you can't have any metal above it for it to work because the way it works is it, it's, uh, it's got this field that it's producing and it's measurable with, with different types of meters that they have when, when they're testing it and energizing it. And it will deflect this energy in about a 50 foot circumference. What? But so, it, so I have to, I, I, I tested this out. I set it between the seats. You know, you have the little metal that comes down in front of you on the foot, the foot rest or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you have to put it there and just place your feet on top of it. Uh, it's, you're not supposed to squish it or, or, uh, or do anything with it. Like, like as far as compressing it, but it's not really meant to be, have your feet on top of it, but I have to do that because there's no other place I can set it where there's no metal ab- above. You're talking about on the plane. Yeah. On the plane. But the metal above you in the ceiling of the plane is okay. Yeah. And yeah. can you use it in your car? You can. And I've, I've done that a little bit, but so I... So you mean no metal has, immediately above it? Yeah, immediately above it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Direct, it can't be directly above it. It just needs to have you know space to deflect because when the geopathic stress energy comes up to the mat, it kind of whooshes it out the sides. So, the, so it's the geopathic stress that's coming up again from the earth Yes. And even when you're 30,000 feet up, it's still that going. energy is still radiating from the earth and from those ley lines and essentially those cracks energetically within the surface of the earth. Right. Is that it, yeah. basically? Yeah. yeah, And the same would be true in a car as you're passing those cracks, so to speak. You're going 80 miles an hour down a freeway. You're, you're getting all of those uh, signals coming up from underneath the car too. Yep. 
which are going into your body, confusing your biology because we're not meant to do that. As you said, the hunter-gatherers are cruising through the jungle. They're crossing over those and they're in this fight or flight thing, which is great for hunting. Yeah. But then they find a place to go set up their teepee and chill that's not on one of those because intuitively they're so in tune with the planet at that point, you know, going back in evolution, paleo people, that they're like, cool, we're set up our little camp right here, not on one of those stressful lines underneath the ground. Right. Yeah, exactly. Cool, dude. Yeah. This is amazing. So We're... I had that on a flight okay, and, okay. And, and my jet lag, I just didn't have it. It was just, it was amazing. No I, way, bro. I went, How much are these fucking things? About, um, you know, what, $378. I'm in right now. Where do I? Give me the website. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can I have FedEx one here today and have it here tomorrow? No, it's only a three-hour flight back to LA. It's not that bad, but yeah. oh, I'm on it. So that's so cool. And so, so in an airplane, how, how big are these mats? They're about two foot by 15 inches, okay. something like that. And so I'd have this like, you know, between, like under my feet, between me and the seat in front of me. Yeah, I'll show it to you downstairs. Oh, you I'll, have one with you? Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh man, that's so cool. Wow. What a what a, a hopeful note uh, to come to a close on. Dude, I think we covered just about everything. Of course, like the minute we stop recording, I'll be like, oh, there's five more things, but yeah. we'll do a part two. Uh, we'll do a video, you know, next time you're in LA. I really want to like show people everything we've just talked about because hearing it's one thing, but seeing is another. And I think people really get the benefit from this. Yeah. But uh, man, I thank you so much for providing so much value and so much information. As you can see, I'm so excited about this topic and I just geek out. And as I said earlier, this is one of the top questions I get from people because it's so confusing if you don't have someone with the meters that knows how to read the meters. And then once you get the data back from the meters, what to do about it in a way that actually works. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to bring hope to people and help them to realize that, you know, if we just shield the bedroom, you're, you can have a hundred percent compliance. You know, like a lot of times when we're doing these things for our health, it's like pulling teeth, getting your kids or your loved ones to, to do something, to eat the right food, to take the supplements, to do the therapy, get in the sauna, do this or that. But just go to bed. <laughs> yeah. You can Dude, do this that. Is, this is great for, for my audience too because a lot of them buy into some of the practices I do. But then there's the people too that are like, Dude, I watch you and it's just it's entertaining to watch your goofy lifestyle. They're saying this to me in messages and things like that. But they're like, really, how do you have a life? Like, I can't do all the stuff you do. It's just too much. I want to just be a normal person. So this is a great solution for the people that don't want to go to the extremes that someone like me or like a Ben Greenfield go to. Because I just enjoy all the the processes of playing with all the biohacking technology and the new supplements and this and that. I mean, it's just fun to me. It's not a chore. And I'm habituated to just do all these routines because it's yep. just, it's interesting. It's like my hobby. But some people aren't interested in this shit but they want to be healthy. So I like where you're going. The sleep is the most uh, compliant, accessible practice. If you can dial in your bedroom in the ways that we've discussed, then it's like literally all you do is just go to bed, dude. Yeah. (laughs) You know, go to bed, try to get eight hours sleep and you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Eight hours of healing therapy every night. You know, people, you know, trying to get their sauna in this therapy, that therapy, this, you don't have to adjust any time. You're already going to be sleeping. Might as well be in a healing space. Absolutely. And uh, on a closing note, you might as well be making love in that healing space too. And I like that you threw that in there because I never thought about that. (laughs) Smashing in a Faraday cage, part two. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for joining me. You've taught me, I've been studying this stuff for years. And I think in this two hour conversation, I've learned more than my, all my years of research on this. You have a really good way of, you know, bringing the science, but presented in a practical way. So thank you for teaching me and the audience so much. 
I'd like to ask you now my closing question, which is, drum roll please, who have been three teachers or teachings that have influenced your work that we might go check out uh, to learn more? Sure, yeah. I, you know, I did a lot of training with Dr. Klinghart. I definitely recommend um, looking into his training and, and his, you know, he's got a lot of videos on YouTubes and lectures and things like that. So he's somebody that's very influential in my life. And I'm actually going to a conference with him and Dr. Mercola or this Friday and uh, getting some more, more uh, interesting training with, with him and, and Joe. And uh, Dr. Mercola is another one you know, that he really had a huge impact on, on my life and my journey to health and actually discovering that, you know, it matters what you're putting into your body, that sort of thing. And let me th- see the last guru or whatever that I've, I, I can't think of another one that I really can say like, this is a key person, you know, that's fine. But, you know, GeoVital is, is, is a, They've been doing this for a long time and, and I feel like they were kind of my missing piece. I needed a, a good professional solution. So you can go to the GeoVital website and awesome. check, check them uh, out. Any other websites or social media plugs that you want to throw in there? Yeah, so my, my business name is Shielded Healing and uh, you can go to shieldedhealing.com and kind of, you know, you know, I do tours all around the country you know, throughout the year. So if you're interested in an assessment of your home, and customized recommendations, then you can go on there and, and plug that in and mention this podcast that you heard it there. I'll give Luke some some credit for that. So yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's what I do going around shielding homes and helping people dial this stuff in. So awesome, dude. I love, I love what you're doing. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, welcome. All right, let's go take a pee break. Yeah, let's Thanks do it. for tuning in, you guys. Well, 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 we did it again. We dropped the big H-bomb, the big knowledge bomb right to the dome. How you feeling over there? You paranoid about your cell phone being not on airplane in your pocket and having EMF headphones on and all that now? Well, listen, uh, don't be paranoid, but be concerned. You know, it's like Kurt Cobain used to say, just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean they're not after me. You know what I mean? So there is an issue here, but thankfully... We have solutions. People like Brian Hoyer do exist in the world. There's technology coming out all the time that can help us with this. I believe we can have computers, indoor lighting, cell phones, cars, airplanes, all those things that make the world fun and all the technology that connects us and allows us to not only be connected, but to be creative and do the things that we do. There's got to be a way to do it safely. I'm just convinced. And so, you know, every day it's getting a little better. And that brings me to our show's sponsors, especially blueshield-us.com. This has been, and, and I discovered this after the interview with Brian, but this has been my number one EMF hack. Now I've implemented a lot of stuff that Brian talked about in this interview. I'm gonna do more of it. I'm definitely doing the Faraday bedroom or the Faraday bed, whichever comes first. I'm, I'm over it. Like I wanna be just totally just nuking out all fields when I'm sleeping in my home, at least for eight hours a night, right? Uh, and, you know, I always keep my phone on airplane. There's a lot of things that I do. Um, I still use the grounding technology here and there. I know the, you know, I don't know. The, the verdict is still out for me on that one. I, I'm just not sure. But one thing I am sure of is that blueshield.us.com has got some really amazing technology. And I use this stuff every day. I've got one on behind me, two feet behind me right now. I carry their pocket unit with me all the time. Uh, I'm going to take it to New York on, on a, no, actually Colorado next week on a trip, then New York, taking on the airplane. I've got one in my car. 
Uh, so I use the Blue Shield technology nonstop now, and um, there's you know just evidence to the fact that it works like no other EMF protection stuff out there. A lot of the stuff out there is just hippy dippy. I don't know, little clay balls and crystals and pendants you put around your neck and stickers you put on your phone. I don't know. I'm just not convinced. Um, due to the Blue Shield animal studies that they've done, and no animals were harmed, they were only helped, by the way. Uh, I'm just convinced in the fact that I sleep like a beast now that I've got the Blue Shield um, cube unit in my house. So that's my first line of defense. And I think the easiest one, in addition to a lot of the things that Brian suggested. So to check that out, you can go to blueshield-us.com. That's blueshield dash us.com and here's what's up if you use the code luke over there you will save yourself 10 percent. so go to blue shield dash us.com use the code luke and save 10 percent. next up we've got my friends over at biomehealth.com forward slash lifestylist where you can save 15 percent off your order using the code lifestylist biome of course does really great gut health testing and then provides an amazing probiotic that features not only beneficial bacteria, but beneficial fungus. So it's an amazing test, totally not gross to do. I mean, you do have to swab your poop a little bit, but not like big jars of it or anything. So definitely worth doing gut health, crucial to your overall health. Go to biomehealth.com forward slash lifestylist. That is spelled B-I-O-H-M, biome health.com forward slash lifestylist. Then our buddies over at Organifi. I mean, come on, you guys. If you haven't tried Organifi by now and you're listening to my show, you, you got a thick skull. I'm just going to tell you straight up. You got to go to Organifi with an I, organifi.com forward slash Luke. Save 20% off with the code lifestylist. Man, they got the green powder over there. They've got the Organifi gold. They've got the red. They've got probiotics. They have a turmeric supplement. They've got all sorts of plant-based proteins all kinds of stuff on, uh, over there. So definitely do yourself a favor and go to Organifi.com forward slash Luke. And then the one closest to my heart and closest to my body, Altera Pure. Man, I sleep on these sheets like a baby every single night. Now I, here's the hookup, okay? I got my Blue Shield EMF protection, which is knocking down, well, it's actually not knocking down the EMF fields in the house, but it's resonating my body with a healthier field. And so that's just really helping my sleep. And then I have the most pure, Altera pure, in fact, sheets on my bed. The duvet cover my sheets, my pillowcases, beyond organic, next level bedding. That's alterapure.com. Save 15% off your super chronic bedding using the code lifestylist. That's alterapure.com. The code is lifestylist. And you're going to save 15%, which is a massive discount. And you know what? Altera Pure sheets, for the quality of them, they're super cheap. I, I was actually, when I first, when they first approached me to do ads, I looked at their site and I was like, can they be good? Because they're not that expensive. You know, if you get like even super toxic GMO glyphosate filled Egyptian cotton sheets or whatever with a high thread count, they're super expensive. And these are really, really inexpensive. But then I got them, washed them a couple of times, softened them up, and they're just amazing. So that's what's up. Our sponsors, you guys, are just, I love them. They're all really great brands. And it means so much to me that you listen to the show and that you support the show by supporting the sponsors. I always do my best to get you guys a discount so that it's worth your time to like use my code and my link. But uh, these guys pay for my sound editing and graphic design and website and 
all of the stuff that goes into creating a podcast, it's insane. You guys would have no idea how many people it takes to run my show. And you know, while I'm at it, actually, I meant to do this at the beginning and I forgot. I'm gonna, I'm about to record my promos for next week right now. So I'm gonna thank everyone at the beginning of the show. I don't know who's here, who hears the end of these damn things, but I'd like to thank my longtime show producer, Tati, who's been with me from the beginning. She's my girl, man. She's over in Hawaii. She's just been ride or die. And Podcast Masters, uh, who came on recently, they handled the bulk of all the editing and just making sure the podcast happens. Then Noelle Mullins, my graphic designer, insanely talented. I've been working with her uh, for years, um, not only with my own brand, but with my business school of style. Uh, Jordy Hayes, my ads manager, who makes sure that I don't do this thing for free or that it doesn't it cost me any money. So I really appreciate him. And then uh, and then Jordy White, aka Twiggy Ramirez, you know, for giving me the best theme song ever when I first started my podcast, which was really meaningful to have you know music by uh, an actual rock star, uh, which. I didn't want some like canned music. I wanted my own custom song and Jordy was kind enough to take the time to write and record me my own Lifestylist podcast song. And uh, and who else is there? There's you, the listener. Thank you so much for tuning in. You know, I get so many heartfelt messages to my website and direct messages on Instagram. I mean, it's not even funny. I get, I mean, I don't count them, but it's got to be at least 10 to 20 messages every day probably more like 20 messages per day at this point, I would say from people saying like, oh my God, you changed my life. This podcast helps me so much. It's helping me work through my trauma, my addictions, uh, teaching me how to meditate. I got over Crohn's disease, you know, whatever. It's just like, it's nonstop. It's so freaking cool to get those messages. And I really, really appreciate that I get to do this for a living. I mean, this is the stuff I'm passionate about and I get to share it with people and... I mean, I guess I get paid for it. It's not really a career yet at this point, you know, the podcast in and of itself, but at least it's not costing me money anymore, which it did for the first six months or so. So and I've turned a corner. I'm in the black now, at least. Um, but it is, in fact, a labor of love. And, it, you know, it affords me all sorts of other opportunities. You know, I'm doing all of these public speaking things now. And uh, there's talks of books and TV shows and all sorts of things that I won't count before those chickens hatch, of course, but there's really exciting things in the works. And that's really as a result of you, the person on the other end of this microphone that's listening to the show and sharing it with your friends, sharing it with your family. You know, the way it works in the podcasting world, you guys, is everything, 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 everything is your number of downloads. So when you subscribe to the show, that means that each individual person that subscribed has more downloads and that adds to my total downloads, a little inside baseball there. Every time you share it with someone and send them the link, you know, text your friends or posting it on your Instagram stories like a lot of people do, all of those little things that take you two seconds to do help a lot because, you know, right now as of this recording in August, 2018, I'm a little over... Uh, one and a half million downloads, which to some people is a lot. You know, in my first couple of years, that's pretty good. I'm I'm already in the top five percentile of podcasts in terms of uh, downloads, which is huge. Um, I'm doing well, but I'm looking at people like Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan and you know, Lewis Howes and Rich Roll and and these guys that have been in the game years longer than me, and they're getting hundreds of thousands of downloads per month. You know, and I'm like, I need to be there. So I'm trying to be patient with myself and earn earn my way, but everything that you do to support really helps um, my my morale 
and my confidence to keep doing what I'm doing. And seriously, every time you just text the show to a friend or email an episode to someone, it really, really adds up. You know, when when uh, 20,000 people hear an episode and they share, each one of those persons shares it with one person, that's, you know, um, collectively and ultimately has the potential to be another 20,000 downloads that week. You know what I mean? So it really does add up. So if you're hearing this at the very end of this very long episode, I'm 10 minutes into my outro, 10 minutes and 18 seconds. If you're hearing this, you're a super fan, you know, and uh, you wouldn't be here otherwise. You would have heard part of the interview. I'm like, cool, got it. Got the info. Later, Luke. But you're here with me. And from the bottom of my heart, I truly love you. And thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back on Tuesday with Mushroom Magic, Nature's Best Medicine for Your Brain and Beyond with Jeff Chilton. Episode number 158. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.